Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. From the great American Southwest and the high desert, I bid you all good evening or good morning and welcome to another edition of the best, I say again, the best in live overnight talk radio. I'm Art Bell. And this should be a most interesting program this evening or this morning. On what I'm calling Coast to Coast AM PM, because I don't know what else to call it, since it occurs in both time frames. <laughs> There's a um, lot of news to talk about, and we'll get to that. I've been piling it up now for a couple of days, because, because of course, of the incredible program yesterday with Richard Hoagland, on the, uh, author of Monuments of Mars. And all day long, I've been fielding calls asking for the number to order tapes of that program. Okay. I wonder how many of you remember a story that was circulating, a strange story that was circulating, about six GIs, six military folk, who somehow, and we're about to get the story, by the way, got together, used a Ouija board, went off on some sort of odyssey, um, A-W-O-L, and uh, then were strangely, inexplicably, given an honorable discharge. None of the story made any sense to me. I was always trying to reach out and find out more. Well... This morning, this evening, this morning, whatever, we're going to do that. We're going to find out more because I have a guest who was one of the six. His name is Vance Davis. At this point, he's in New Mexico, and in a moment, it is to New Mexico we will go. So a surprise uh, opportunity to uh, interview somebody that um, uh, finally will tell us the real story. Stand by for that. As I said, a lot to talk about. Oh, and of course, from 10 till 11 o'clock last night on ABC Turning Point, irresistible, and we will be talking about that. But right now, let us go to New Mexico, state of New Mexico, and talk to now an ex-GI Somebody who took off because of what a Ouija board said? Vance Davis, uh, welcome to the program, and good evening. Good morning, I suppose. Well, no, again, hold on. Let me uh, switch it and do it over here instead. Vance Davis, you're on the air. Hello, Art. How are you doing tonight? I'm just fine. Well, I tell you, uh, Vance, what happened to you and the five others circulated um, almost as a myth or a rumor, when I first heard it on the air and people started calling about it, I didn't know what to make of it. It, it was just like it was one of those rumors, but apparently it's true, isn't it? Uh, some of the rumors aren't, but the majority, we did go AWOL. We did get information from the Ouija board. And uh, as, uh, you know, as we'll probably discuss tonight, some of those things that we were told have occurred. A lot of things from the Ouija board we threw out as garbage. Um, but we did get some interesting things that we did give to the government. All right, let's back up a little bit. Where were you stationed, first of all? 
Well, in a place called Augsburg, Germany. Field Station Augsburg. Field Station Augsburg. All right. Um, is that a is that a big uh, big base or a small base? Well, uh, it's one of the largest listening posts in the free world. Oh, it's a listening post. Not anymore. It's gone from what I understand now. So, they moved everything to England. Okay. When was this? This was in 1990. 1990. Yes, sir. And uh, how many people would you guess were stationed there then? Well, we had Sheridan Concern, Flat Concern. Uh, you had the artillery people there. I would say close to probably maybe at one point maybe five to 8,000 people. All right, Vance. You were living on or off base? I was living on base, on Sheridan Concern. On base? Yes, sir. Sheridan Concern is what, an on-base housing area of some sort? It's a, yeah. They had three concerns there, which is like your uh, uh, separate bases within the place. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, these other five, I guess it was a total of five men, you're one of those, and one woman, is that correct? Correct, yes, sir. Uh, you all knew each other socially, or, what, in other words, what were you doing sitting around a Ouija board? Well, we, uh, three of us went to school together in 1983 in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, then we kind of uh, got back together in Augsburg, working fairly the same job, and met three others. Uh, we were doing parapsychology research. Parapsychology research. Yes, trying. What to. What in the world were you doing in a field like that in the military? Well, I've always had an interest in it growing up, and uh, so had the others. So we decided on our off time to basically do some research. Uh, Germany is known for its old arts, as it's called over there. Oh yes. And uh, we decided to kind of see if it's true or a bunch of garbage. So what were you investigating besides the Ouija board? I mean, how did it begin? Well, we were investigating uh, the garbage, basically the charlat uh, charlatans, uh, the fakers. Right. Um, you know, tarot cards, stuff like that, and whether they had any uh, concept what, what them. Right. Yeah. Uh, we did hypnosis. We found some interesting things with that. Um we ended up with the Ouija board, believe it or not, because we were tired of each other's company. <laughs> uh, one of the members said, well, let's finish it up right here tonight. And that was in April of 1990. And we sat down with the... What do you mean, what do you mean finish it up? Well, basically, to finish our research. Uh, we were spending most of the time together at work and most of the time off of work. <laughs> and uh, I'm I sure, see. as you know, Art, it, it, you get tired of each other after a while. After a while. Yeah. So. so, all right, so you were ready to bring this thing to a conclusion. By the way, uh, before we continue, mm -hmm. what had you concluded? Over the, what we, oh, over that. Yeah. That uh, many of the devices are just that, show devices. Uh, there's no purpose and no use for them. Uh, a true psychic or a true person that has some insight, and everybody has insight, we've concluded. Uh, it's just that some people are trained better than others. Uh, that they don't need these devices, that everything that uh, is needed for the human race is inside of us. Uh, from a parapsychological point of view? Yes. Mm -hmm. That we have abilities that uh, can be tracked and probably even tracked better by certain authorities than uh, we can even see today. Of, of those things that you looked at, uh, what percentage did you find that were charlatans? Of ten cases we reviewed, we found probably about 70%. 70%. Yes, sir. That's pretty sad. All right, so you were going to conclude it. You sat down at the Ouija board with the five others, and then what? 
we uh, did our research before we did that. Uh, we did. Uh, we wanted to protect ourselves because, of course, we're all grown up in the in the church around here. Uh, so we basically did some research and talked to some people, and we did a prayer. Uh, we also asked uh, many people may understand this. Asked the white to come in to help us and prayed for Jesus to guide our hand if we were to get anything. Then. If not, then if we weren't supposed to do this, then give us a message that we weren't supposed to do this. Those who would share um, uh, the faith in Jesus with you would say that you were dabbling with the devil. And I would tend to agree because there's no directions on the board or how to use the board. Uh, if you're messing, it's like a person art uh, that uh, is messing with a computer that has no knowledge of it. You don't know what you're messing with. Mm-hmm. So I, in a way, I, you're you're messing with something that you know nothing about. And I can identify with that. I blundered my way through uh, uh, several computer tragedies before I became literate enough not to destroy what I was building. <laughs> well, I went through the fast course through the military yeah. and how to do that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. at any rate, so I identify with that. So uh, there you were, um, uh, blundering your way in, sitting down at a Ouija board. Were you guys drinking? No. We did not. Uh, we, were we didn't have a drink for the next uh, probably five months. No drugs. No drugs. All right. So you sat down at the Ouija board first time. What happened? Uh, I, the best way I can put it, an energy or a person showed up uh, to the board, and uh, you could you basically felt it. Uh, the energy in the room got uh, very high, in, highly energized, uh, which was interesting to say the least. I. Did all six of you put your hand on the little... Um, no, only no. I and Ken Beeson were the only two that did that. The others uh, basically recorded the information. Okay. And never once, an interesting side of this, and we've had uh, Catholic Church officials, we've had them talk to us and everything else. Not one word was misspelled during the whole time. Not one Out misspelling? Out of eight sessions, not, really? one mis- not mis- one misspelled word. Are you Are you much at spelling? Uh, I have problems. <laughs> what about uh, what about the other hand? Uh, Ken, he has even worse problems than I do. So we're not we're not good. <laughs> have you ever uh, have you ever tried the trick of uh, taking your hand and somebody else's hand and holding them together and then collapsing each one of the fingers but the center one and uh, putting pressure on the two of them and then feeling it. It feels like it belongs to neither person. Correct. Yes, I have. I have done that. Uh-huh. Really weird feeling. Arthur. Yeah, very weird feeling. A disconnected, sort of unusual feeling. Now, I wonder if there is a parallel to two hands on the Ouija. Um, I, you know, I, that's a good question. I've never been asked that, but there could be. I know we, uh, we it's like a phone booth in the way that... Uh, you know, you basically are opening yourself up to the energy. The Ouija board and the whole thing that goes around is actually a piece of plastic and is nothing. It's, it's you that's doing it. That's right. You know, it's like uh, someone saying, well, a gun kills. No, a gun doesn't kill. That's the right. person behind the gun kills. That's right. All right. So, um, yeah, but it, it, at times it had a feeling our hands were numb at times. It didn't feel like hers sometimes. All right. So tell me, uh, how did it go exactly? I mean, here it is moving around. Uh, you ask, no doubt who it is or what it is, and mm-hmm. what answer did you get? Well, we got introduced, uh, basically, she said, and it was a woman. It felt very womanly, I guess, in the way it was moving, uh, a person named Sapphire. And we asked who it was and, and uh, she, you know, where she was from. And 
she basically said she used to be a woman from uh, Georgia, believe it or not. Georgia. <laughs> yeah, so someone in the other realm, uh, which had me and both Ken and most of us uh, really spooked because I'm we're sure. talking so-called to a dead person. Stand your hair straight on end, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we, we ended up getting a few more questions. We quit for the rest of the night. What did you ask? By the way, uh, we basically uh, asked who, who uh, she was, where she was, and what else. And why? Why are they contacting us? Why were they talking to us? And we were basically given the answer because we wouldn't listen any other way. That's interesting. We were praying about things. Surprised and, and you? We weren't listening. I guess. I, I'm surprised you didn't get a flippant. Well, you called us. Well, actually, they didn't. We called them. Uh, that, no, that's, <laughs> we put that, our hands on the board. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so you quit for the night. And uh, and everybody said to everybody else, what? We're going to do this again, or we're messing where we ought not well, to be? Or... I think we, we discussed every aspect of it, and one of the biggest aspects is should we go on or should we not go on? Um, all of us were basically trained to be analysts in our field, and uh, this deemed more analysis and more uh, research. I understand that. So uh, and by our, our interest kind of got a hold of us, if you know what I mean. I right? do. Uh, by the way, um, you guys were involved in fairly sensitive stuff, weren't you? Uh, very North. highly sensitive that I don't even talk about today. Right. So I imagine when you all took off, um, the military authorities must, must have, uh, to use the street term, freaked out. Uh, actually, from what we understand from classified documents that were released in 92, uh, they knew uh, when we took off, they were tapping our phone from almost the 29th of uh, June oh. to when we took off. Oh, they were? Yes. But they didn't know where we were going, which was interesting. Well, had you discussed on the telephone where you were going? Yes, we had. All right. I actually talked to the people we were going to go visit. All right. Well, we've jumped ahead. So okay. Uh, back to it. So then, ending the first session, uh, okay. you, you you made a date to get together again, or what? Yes, we made a date for about uh, two weeks later because a lot of things were going on at work, and we didn't want to put the pressure. So we ended up meeting. I think it was about the first week of May, um, and we ended up having a session for almost eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours. Yes, sir. Um, you want to give us the highlights of the session? Well, uh, we were told about uh, some things uh, that was going to be going on in Europe and that was not a good place to be in the near future. Uh, we were also introduced to some other entities. Uh, for all these entities, I don't, um, as, as any analyst or investigator would do, we don't hold a lot of credibility behind them, but the information was very interesting, so we did a lot of research on everything we got. Uh, a lot of it was totally opposite. A lot of it was so far out that uh, maybe our own minds got caught up into it, if you know what I mean. But uh, some of the material we were getting was very interesting. Uh, we were told proof to us, basically, uh, that they were for real. Uh, one of the instances that nobody knew about was uh, Ken's uh, grandfather, who was very close to him, uh, gave him a message. And I can't remember the name right off my head. It's, it's in the notes. Uh, he actually uh, gave him a name that uh, Ken couldn't remember. He ended up calling the next day, calling his uh, dad and asking him who this was, and it was his grandfather. And his grandfather used to have everybody calling that name. So that was kind of a weird event. 
Yeah, pretty weird. You know, we tended to say, okay, well, maybe they could be for real. You know? You're we also were told, uh, believe it or not, Art, that there would be a major earthquake in Tehran. In Tehran? Yes, and thousands of people would be killed. When was this supposed to occur? Uh, this is supposed to occur because we wanted something quick that we could that would be reported in the paper. Right. And it was supposed to happen within the next 30 days. And? It happened. Over 300,000 people were killed. I don't know if you remember that. I, uh, I vaguely do. Yeah, it I... happened at the end of May of 90, 1990, I believe. It's strange how so many people can die in foreign lands uh, by the tens or hundreds of thousands, and uh, it uh, it barely makes news in this country. So I vaguely do recall it. Yeah, it was big news in Germany. I'm sure it was. Mm -hmm. uh, front page. It was. It was. Well, it, it startled us. Let's put it that way. All right. So there, one prediction came true. Uh, had you verified that prediction, by the way? Um, by um, by recording it in some manner prior to its occurrence. Y yes, we did. In How? fact, we had notes and tapes, and uh, oh. a lot of those. Uh, uh, some people had them. Uh, we gave them to some people there at the base. Uh, of course, some of them are still in the military, and uh, most of the notes. Just let everybody know. Most of the notes, 1,500 pages worth of notes, and uh, a couple tapes and some DD CD records or uh, computer records. Were taken by the FBI. The FBI. Yes. And plus, we gave them most of them too. So. All right. Well, again, we're we're probably ahead of things. So, um, so then, uh, uh, there was one accurate prediction. Were there many more? Uh, in fact, we were uh, given uh, some predictions that uh, we wanted predictions. Let me clarify: predictions. Uh, that could be reportable. In other words, that we would see in the paper or something. Of yeah, that I, I think it makes sense from a, a, an honest research point of view to do exactly what you were doing. That right. makes sense. Something we didn't have to dig too hard to get. That's right. Uh, we, gave, we were given uh, predictions that would occur over the next 10 years. Oh? Over the next uh, seven, six, seven lesson, uh, sessions. Interesting. Yes. So it was very interesting. Um, would you care to reveal, uh, talk about any of those predictions? Well, one of them was aired going ahead today. Uh, one of them was aired on uh, sightings in 1993, in February. Oh. And that was an explosion in New York City in 1993. I'll tell you, you're not the only one to have predicted that. Um, right. We did that two weeks before it happened on sightings, believe it or not. And I, I tell you, Art, I sat in front of the TV and saw that, and I just, I basically... You know, about went to the bathroom. I couldn't believe it actually occurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That kind of thing really does scare you. I've had one sort of psychic experience, and it scared me uh, enough that it put me on my knees. Oh, it, it still <laughs> scares me to death, Art. Same way. <laughs> really? It does. It Just really does. Kind of... And then the uh, latest one was the L.A. earthquake. They happened. We were told it happened near the end of 93. Well, it happened February, uh, January 17th, two weeks off. Uh as most people want, just to educate a little bit, predictions are way different from prophecies. Uh, there's rumors going around these are prophecies. No, they're predictions. Predictions are put out so that changes can be made so they won't happen. And as we heard on the news, the FBI knew a possible bombing was going to occur two months before it happened. Right. And they ignored their uh, people that were telling them that. All right, Vance Davis, hold on. We're at the bottom of the hour. It'll be about a four-minute break, and then we'll get more into this, all right? 
No problem. Stay right. Well, by the way, where are you in New Mexico? I'm in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Talk yes, to sir. you in a couple of minutes. Vance Davis, and it's quite a story. We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 8th, 1994. Coast to Coast AM from June 8th, 1994. Good morning. Well, good evening. Ah, whatever it is. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. It is the best in live overnight talk radio. We're about to get back to Vance Davis. I'm stalling, trying to listen to some of my new bumper music. I love this stuff. Anyway, um, just before getting back to Vance, I do have this. And it seems related, but it's not. It is nevertheless very interesting. What will happen on June 9th? Do you know what June 9th is? Well, among other things, it is tomorrow. This is from Julian Beaverton, Oregon. But it is only representative of a lot of letters that I've received lately. And I don't know what to make of it. And so I'm not going to make anything of it. I'm just going to pass it on to you. What will happen on June 9th? It will change the world as we know it. The veil of evil will be lifted from the earth. Last night, Pat Robertson reported on the 700 Television Club religious program, you know, that some people have come forward with a, quote, word of knowledge, end quote, from God on June 9th. That on June 9th, quote, the veil of evil will be lifted from the earth, end quote. His co-host Ben Kinchlow reported that he had heard during a Christian conference in New Orleans that something would happen on June 9th, but no one seemed to know what it would be. Both Pat Robertson and Ben Kinchlow treated this somewhat lightly because they too hear these crazy dates, they come and go. Normally, I treat such things with a grain of salt as well except that several months ago my sister, who lives in Seattle, heard from her hairdresser, a New Age source, I believe, that on June 9th the world will change as we know it. So, apparently this date is being brought up by several sources around the country. If possible, do you suppose you could put forth the subject over your program this evening and see what anyone has heard? Okay? That's it. All I can tell you is... When I receive information from a lot of different sources, letters, faxes like this one, and uh, finally it begins to get to the point where, you know, the whole thing begins to coalesce and you realize there is something out there. I don't know what it is. I don't know that information in this case from one's hairdresser or something is at all meaningful. 
But all I'm telling you is that a lot of people have said it, written it to me. And nobody seems to quite know what it means. Is this some sort of collective uh, human consciousness? Uh, or is it just yet another rumor making its circulation around the country? I don't have the answer. And anyway, I don't have time to contemplate it right now because I've got Vance Davis. Vance, are you there? Yes, I am, Mark. It just sounded, uh, you know, kind of related uh, to what you're doing. Uh, I've heard morning. about June 9th myself. Oh, you have? Yes. What have you heard about June 9th? Well, I've heard two different stories. I heard rapture is supposed to occur, uh, which is kind of interesting because of my study of the Bible. Rapture isn't supposed to be known. Oh, right. it occurs. That's right. No, no man shall know the date. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing I heard, it'll be a major sighting caught on national television of a ship, of a UFO ship. That would be interesting. That would, I'd tell you what, I, it'd excite me a little bit to see it on TV. I, w I would say that would meet the criterion stated that the world, will, as we know it, will change. It would do that. It'd turn religion upside down a little bit. It would. All right. Well, anyway, back to your story. So there you guys were, messing with the Ouija board, getting messages, getting predictions, not prophecy. I'm not, I'm not sure I really understand uh, the difference, because I had uh, a very well-known prophet on the program, Lori Toy. Mm, I've heard of her, yes. Yes, and um, um, she gave what she called prophecy, but she said, Art, it need not be. In other words, this is one possible future. And and that's exactly the way you're um, a billboarding what you call a prediction. So I'm not sure there's a difference. Well, I think there's a, an understanding. So I grew up in the Church of Christ, uh, and and many view many people's view uh, who grew up in in you know religion and everything else and, and Catholic or whatever it may be. Prophecy is that which has been given by God and that which cannot be changed, like rapture or whatever it may be. Right. Prediction, uh, even Nostradamus said this in her original writings, said that his, his were predictions, not prophecies, because he's putting them out so that events might be changed. Mm -hmm. Okay? So predictions are very changeable. I don't think Earth changes are very changeable. Uh, we don't have the technology to change them, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, political... Uh, social, those things, they're, they're, they very well could be changed. If those, people would, would do something about it. Those things that are in the area of a human being's exercise of free will. Correct. Yeah, all right. All right, so um, I, I guess I would like to hear some of the predictions that are made uh, that were, went as far as 10 years out. Uh, what are some of them? Well, uh, 1996, uh, that's the big one in California, supposedly. Uh, that's if we asked, uh, well, how big will it be? And we were told if it could be measured, it'd measure 14.4 or higher. 14.4. Or higher. Yeah. That would be tectonic plate separation. <laughs> yes, that would, that would make a bunch of islands. That would be George Scallion's, uh, prediction right there. Basically, that I've learned. So, his big one. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, this is true, Vance. Everybody who's making predictions and prophecy or whatever name you want to attach to it, uh, they're all, they all seem to be predicting big earth changes prior to 2000 or right around 2000. Yes, and I've, I've done some scientific research. Uh, the thing is, the earth has been very quiet for probably close to 2000 years. 
And uh, we're hitting, even scientists at University of New Mexico say, we're hitting a period of highly active earth changes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we just had another major earthquake in Belize, I believe. Uh, 7.5. Uh, that, that, uh, uh, was it Belize? I know, uh, it was somewhere near, uh, I saw it on the map on CNN earlier. It was, yeah. They were showing the map of Peru, so it's somewhere close. It's somewhere in there. Yeah, and Colombia just had one the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, from what I understand, uh, as for the Los Angeles earthquake on January 17th on sightings, which a lot of people, sightings, you know how TV works. They tend to change words. Uh, first was supposed to be an L.A. earthquake, a large earthquake. It's going to do a lot of damage, but very little death. Hmm. Soon after that, uh, I, I, I see it for probably within six or eight months, there's supposed to be an earthquake in Seattle, Washington, a 5.4 or higher. Now, we were just told Seattle earthquake 5.4 or higher. That will, in turn, set off Mount Rainier. Now, Mount Rainier, from what I understand from some sources up there, they've closed off some of the park roads, Art. They have? Yes, and they're having emergency preparedness meetings right now. Uh, they're seeing smoke coming out of the mountain. Uh, the ground off the coast has risen almost ten times faster than normal in the past three months. Mm. So something is occurring there. And they had a 4.5 right by the mountain uh, about three weeks ago. So the big one in California is coming in 96. Yes. That's one of them. All right. What uh, else? Another one is in 96. And 96 is a big year. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that a couple times. Uh, we will actually be introduced by 96, as that's actually what it said. We'll be introduced to our first alien race. Now, that's kind of a wild one, but it would be neat. <laughs> and I'm saying on a national level, you know, on TV or something. God, I'd love to see that happen. Oh, I would, too. <laughs> our first uh, alien race. Uh, do you know... Is that exactly, by the way, how the message came through to you? Yes. It spelled all of that out? Yes. Wow. Very quickly. Uh, there were sometimes we had to ask them twice to do it again because it was moving so fast that we were catching, like, every other letter. And can we couldn't I, figure can out the message. <laughs> Vance, I want to ask you a personal question. Okay. Since okay. you were one of the individuals involved and your hand was on with the other hand. Yes. What did you feel? In other words, did you look up at your partner and uh, and say to yourself, come on, you're dragging this thing around, it's you? Oh, we did that. I tell you what, we did that the second session. And we actually went to the point, and uh, I took my hand off, and nothing happened. So, And then he took his hand off, nothing happened. But things would start happening when either of us put that in. Uh, we then closed, uh, he closed his eyes, uh, and it kept moving. We both had our hands on there. Then I closed my eyes, and it kept moving and spelling correctly. Uh, the Catholic Church, a uh, person we talked to that came to us and talked to us about it, said he'd never heard of a case of that happening before like that. Who came to you in the church? Uh, it was a, it was a priest, uh, in, uh, in, uh, the, in our release, in, uh, ah, in, uh, Georgia, a preacher there. All right. In the Army. All right. Why did you guys and a gal go to Georgia? First of all, I mean, why... Did... Oh, that was when we were arrested. They I, I, be- I beg your pardon? They, that's when they arrested us. We were in, uh, you know, in the brig. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Why? Yeah. Were, wait a minute. Wait. Uh-huh. Why were you arrested? Because well, we went AWOL. Oh, oh okay. But yeah, he... what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, what 
um, from the messaging you were get, mm -hmm. getting, what drove you to Georgia? Why did you guys want to go to Georgia? Well, we didn't want to go to Georgia. Uh, the circumstances after we were captured in Gulf Breeze, they took us there for uh, interrogation purposes. W wait a minute. I, there's part of this story that I guess I don't understand. After you were captured uh, in Gulf Breeze... I want to know why you left Germany. Why? Oh, why we left Germany? Well, two reasons. And one reason in my mind, because some of the predictions we were given were plausible. And I, I mean to state plausible, that they could occur. And that things were going to change in this country drastically. Uh, you know, we were told that we'd have one of the youngest presidents since Kennedy elected. Uh, this is all in 1990. People, we shared this with people in 1990, even the newspaper guy. Uh, and he put some of those out, uh, Gulf War, all that. Um, all right, so you we had, felt you, we you, felt you had all these predictions, but um, why would that drive you out of Germany well, toward Georgia? Well, towards actually, we were heading to Gulf Breeze. Gulf to Breeze. Visit a couple of women, yeah, whom I married one of them. Uh, the interesting thing in my mind, I felt that because I gave an oath in the military, and I talk about this in my talks, I felt that we had a domestic threat. Now, we are given an oath that we will protect the Constitution and Bill of Rights from foreign and domestic enemies. Right. And we were told in the prophecies that gun laws would be passed, that other rights would be taken, that all this stuff would be taken away. In my mind, I felt we had a domestic enemy working within the government. And I wanted to be... I wanted, We wanted to make an impact to let people know that things were going on or things could go on that weren't right. All right. Why couldn't you do that from Germany? Well, if you go to your chain of command and tell them you've been talking with the Ouija board. Yeah, I've got and you. And you've done research. I, I'm with you. Still, are, it's real funny. In my view and my knowledge, eight, almost eight years in the military, you make an example of soldiers that go AWOL. You don't give them honorable discharges. Certainly true. All right, so what do you guys do? Go um, uh, get passports and jump on an airplane? Well, actually, I had an actual leave paper, but we all had fake leave papers for the United States. I was supposed to be in Mallorca scuba diving. Mallorca scuba diving. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I was over here in Atlanta. Uh, we were never checked, Art. Never checked through customs. So we you just, just walked through, showed our green ID card, and that was it. That was it? Got on an airplane and uh, went to where, Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. And we split there. We went to... Uh, Ken and uh, Mike went to get our van that we had purchased from overseas, and we went to Chattanooga to wait. To wait for what? To wait for them with a the van that was in Tennessee. Oh, I see. What was the plan? Well, the plan was to basically end up in Colorado and wait for things to happen. Wow. Wow. You know, to do what you people did, you must have been completely convinced that all of this was as real as a heart attack. We felt it had enough reliability on the predictions, on the reliable ones, that it had enough predictability that these were going to occur. Yes. And most of us didn't like it, Art. This is saying, you know, they're getting rid of, you know, in our mind and in my mind, they were getting rid of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all this stuff, and basically turning it into a totalitarian Totalitarian, you know, well. Now, this is in the future. This isn't now. But, I mean, and, you know, this is what we were thinking in 1990. We didn't think these things would occur. And every time one of them does, we're sitting there just shaking our head. Like, we can't believe people are allowing this to happen. Mm. You know? 
So you were going to come back and and finally get together, all of you, in, in Colorado? Correct. And what? Go to the mountains and just wait? And wait for a certain uh, thing to happen. It's already happened. We never made it to Colorado. <laughs> what was that? What was that thing? That was, uh, believe it or not, the gun laws were going to be passed, severe gun laws. And we were told we we would have we would be allowed to play for about three years. And uh, as we all know, guess what happened in ni- latter 1993, and what's happening now? Hmm. Severe gun laws. Well, gun laws any- anyway of some yeah, significance. Yeah, the crime bill's a little worse, and then they'll probably get a little worse. Yeah, they're becoming more severe all the you time. You open that a floodgate, people come in, you know. That's the way I look at it. But uh, I do agree with some control, but not uh, the control that may end up at, not that it's going to end up at that. Vance, I want you to hold on, all right? Okay. Stand by, please. All right, well, anyway, so you, you arrived in Atlanta, and then you went up to Tennessee, right. where you were waiting for a van. Then what? And then from there, we went to Gulf Breeze to visit a couple women. Uh, one of them was a psychic that had worked with the FBI for almost 10 years uh, to ask her about a lot of these things. By then, how long had you been gone from Germany? Uh, about, I would say about one, two, three, four, five days. Five days. Yeah. Not long. And Not so long you, you knew by then they were hot on your trail or they were going to try to be. Well, we knew uh, that they would soon because uh, by three days some people hadn't shown up to work. Did they know why you did what you did at that time or, or not? Uh, because if the answer is not, they must have concluded you might uh, you might have gone over to the other side or something. Correct. Well, we did leave a note. We left some of the predictions, and we left some of the tapes of what we did for them, for that purpose, to let them know why we did what we did. Wow. And uh, they still, uh, believe it or not, it was confirmed that the FBI still had us listed as armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. When we were arrested and the doors broke down and everything else in the apartment we were staying there in Gulf Breeze, uh, they they basically, uh, I had I was on the floor uh, just with just my pants on and a gun to the back of my head cocked, and being told if you moved that uh, they were going to put my brains all over the floor. Right. Uh, of course I didn't move. I was pretty calm, believe it or not. Uh, we we had decided before we left that we were caught, we wouldn't fight. We'd become the perfect soldiers. Uh, our goal was to basically get this information to the highest possible source within the government and also maybe to let some people know, realize that there's more going on than what they're being told. All right, so they arrested you. How did they treat you? Really weird, Art. <laughs> uh, they were telling people not to talk to us. Uh, they were putting in this in solitary confinement, uh, which for some part is understandable. Uh, but they were told not to give us any orders or not to cuss at us or do anything. The guards, you mean? Yeah. In fact, one guard uh, talked to us, and he was taken off duty at that instant, which is really weird. It is really weird. Uh, very weird. We were treated with kid gloves, Art, and that, that's, that's not usual. That is not usual. No, it isn't. Uh, were you actually interrogated? Yes, we were. Uh, we were supposed to be interrogated for three weeks at uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, and it only lasted three days when uh, the captain came in. The captain became Captain Brown. He, he actually told us what was going on. We didn't even know we were in the news. 
until he told us. We weren't allowed to watch TV. But uh, they were doing the interrogation, and a guy, uh, the captain came in, knocked on the door. Uh, Ken was being t- interrogated at the time, told the guy he had a phone call. And the guy said, well, can we take it later? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, uh, you have to take it now. It's the White House. Next thing we know, uh, he was Wait a minute. Excuse me, it was the White House? It was his boss from the White House. I see. Okay. Next thing we know, about ten minutes later, he comes back and says, pack it up, we're leaving, they're being released. Uh, One guy was very upset about it, Uh, the NIS guy. Have you heard of them? Oh, sure. Okay. Was very upset because he wanted to throw us against the wall. He says, why? And he says, when orders come from the top, we do it. And he goes, what orders from the top? My boss didn't tell me anything. When the president says we're going to release him, we release him. The president yes. ordered your release? President Bush was involved. So was Dole. Huh. And we have that confirmed now. Some of the statements that uh, they have released it even mentioned some high people involved in this. So I guess our information got to the highest possible source. Do you have any idea? Uh, do you have any idea at all? Uh, was there a rationale given with the order to have you release Dole or, or Bush? None. And that to this day, our, we're still confused about it. To this day, we're confused. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I look at it as maybe we were an embarrassment because we were all over the news. But if we were an embarrassment, my logical mind being in the military as I was in intelligence service, I would make an example out of this big time. Because we, we were international news, Art. I agree with you. I remember uh, the story very well. Yeah, that's kind of puzzling, isn't it? Why would it come from the top without explanation? All right, um, more of Vance Davis and this strange story in just a moment. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM, live talk radio from the high desert. You're listening to Art Bell's Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired June 8, 1994. Well, if you're just joining us, you're not going to believe what we're in the middle of right now. Hi, I'm Art Bell. My guest is Vance Davis. How many of you uh, that are just joining us remember a story about six military people in Germany that encountered, uh, of their own volition, a Ouija board? which began giving them predictions about things that were to come uh, soon in America. Predictions of gun control, uh, vanishing rights, civil rights of the American people, the big earthquake in 96, the first alien race contact in 96. 96 is going to be a big year, according to Vance Davis. 
Well, these GIs, five men and a woman in Germany, uh, got on an airplane, motivated by these uh, the strength of these predictions, went AWOL, came to the United States, uh, the story is going, um, went up to Tennessee, met there, drove down to... Um, uh, drove down to uh, Florida, Gulf Breeze, Florida, where the FBI corralled them, actually burst through the door and arrested them all. Uh, they were then held, questioned by the FBI, and then, strangely, uh, released uh, through the uh, good offices, uh, according to Vance, of President Bush and Bob Dole. And that's where the story stands, and we're going to get back to Vance and the story and find out where we're going with this and get the lines open for you to ask questions in just a moment. But if you've ever wondered about this very strange story, and it is a strange one, stay right where you are. Vance Davis, back in just a moment. Vance, hello. How you doing again, Art? Uh, just fine. All right, so the FBI interrogates you. Um, they treat you in a very strange way. Uh, they don't talk to you. The guards don't talk to you. And then comes an order from on high, uh, President Bush or Bob Dole or both, uh, to what? To have you released? Yeah, that we were going to be released and sent to Fort Knox to the uh, processing station. And... Under what conditions were you discharged? Well, this is the interesting part. They uh, never charged us with AWOL. They charged us. Uh, never, they never charged us with failure to repair. In other words, failure to report to work. Uh, on my DD two fourteen, it says uh, unsatisfactory performance. Unsatisfactory performance. Yes, I, I guess I did AWOL wrong. I don't know. Um, if you know, that's a little joke. I'm sorry. No, right. no, that's all right. What were your performance reports like, um, your reviews? Uh, most of them were about average. Uh, I did. I was awarded the Army Achievement Medal, which is one of the highest medals you can receive in peacetime, for restructuring what we do out in the field uh, in our job. I Just to let people know, and there might be military listening, I was a 98KU1 or a 05KU1, which is a non-Morse intercept analyst. Non-Morse intercept analyst. Right, and that's all I can really say. That's In other words, you, version. you were a, an electronic spy. Um, well, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's self-explanatory if you look at the title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you were. All right, um, so then you are, there you are, suddenly uh, out of the service. It, it was a discharge under honorable conditions, correct? Correct, yes. And what have you done with yourself since? Uh, basically, we ended up out here. I married uh, one of the women that we visited there. Uh, we have two children now. And I was maybe thinking the story would die, as all of us did. But uh, we found out that nothing like this has ever happened in 200 years of American history. Uh, a lot of people, it, it shook them awake, I guess, because it was reported over uh, everything, and some of the predictions were released in 1990 in some of the newspaper and through the grapevine, if you know what I mean, Art. I do. Uh, we had told some people, and I guess it went fast. I am I am actually a large branch on the grapevine. I believe it. I, I've heard a lot about you, Art, and I, well, oh, what, I like what I hear. So. Well, I, I refer to the kind of thing that I read earlier on June 9th, 
uh, and, you know, so we're part of that, I suppose, circulating that thing, passing it on. But once, once something like that, Vance, reaches a critical point, um, people in my position really have no choice. I mean, you report it. You get a lot of letters. You get a lot of faxes. It's something going on out there, so I report it. True or myth, I report it. Listen, I would like to let some of the audience ask questions. Are you up for that? Sure, and I would like everyone to know that I will be speaking in Olympia, Washington on June 24th. They can call WebWorks up there in Olympia, Washington. And, All right. Uh, it'll be my third talk, believe it or not. Uh, we finally decided, uh, me and my wife, that... If the story's not going to die, we better clean up all the rumors, uh, especially the one about that I'm a religious fanatic. You're not. I'm not, no. I, do I sound like one art? Well, I don't know. Um, no, I, is... I'm like everybody else, and I just want to know what's going on and, and basically to educate people and say, hey, look, uh, here's how the military works, here's how the intelligence field works, and and we have the power to change things. Basically. Oh, all right, Vance. Every line is ringing, so let's well, let's go. Let's see what we've got out there on the wild card line. You're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Hello, I'm Randy from Albuquerque. Also. Oh, uh, hi, Albu Randy. <laughs> hi. Uh, I guess I wanted to ask the question. I've been listening all night long, and uh, I was wondering if uh, you're still dabbling in the occult. Mm, good question. Good question. Uh, no, we have never touched uh, the touch the Ouija board since then, and never have. I still read my Bible. Uh, I still believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. So you've become uh, a Christian too, huh? I've always been a Christian. Oh, okay. Uh, so. My faith, believe it or not, because of the event, and when you go through prison like I did and what was going on and the only faith you had was in God, right. uh, your faith tends to get a little stronger. Well, I believe that. Uh, I also went through uh, uh, a lot more occultic ritual than you ever you ever did, not uh, on the scale that you did, but... Uh, I got to the point where I made an astral body for myself, and uh, I was able to project. And uh, it was very scary, and it was very... Uh, uh, you got to the point where you thought you were going to lose your mind. And I came to Jesus Christ myself, and I'm glad you're a Christian now. And uh, I'd, uh, I'm here in Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to meet you. <laughs> well, sure. I'm, I'm in the phone book, believe it or not. So. Oh, great. Well, All right. I, I, I keep myself accessible. Well, great. That's Vance Davis. Thank you very much for the call. Um, Vance, how long were you in prison? 21 days. 21 days. 21 days. Solitary? Yes. All Except that? Except for Fort Knox for about eight days. We huh. had our own building uh, in Fort Knox, believe it or not. What, what did you think uh, when you were in prison and there was waiting time and you were probably sitting there thinking the worst, uh, what did you think was going to happen to you? Uh, by the time, uh, well, in Fort uh, Benning, uh, basically, uh, we were ready to go to prison to Fort uh, Leavenworth for about 30 years. 30 years? Yeah, we were already ready to go. And uh, at the well, same it, time, it, inside, it felt like we weren't going to go. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. But, it does. you know, the whole thing absolutely doesn't make sense. You guys, uh, sensitive, <laughs> uh, sensitive positions in Germany, uh, you get up, get on an airplane, take off. They catch you. You feed them uh, to what to, to them what what must be a totally uh, cockamamie story about uh, Ouija boards and predictions, predictions and catastrophes. And you tell the military that sort of thing usually, and you're going to be making big rocks into little rocks for a long time. Uh, yeah. And you know what's interesting on my uh, statement that they released 
Uh, I gave them a couple predictions. Yes. They're blacked out. They're blacked out? You know what that means? They're still classified. Um, I, I wonder... I wonder if at some level, maybe a high one, Vance, they bought it. Uh, I think they did because uh, we told them about the Los Angeles riots. And uh, I had a friend that was stationed there in the area. And, you know, they were practicing for riots two months before they occurred. And Rodney King hadn't even occurred yet. God, that's weird. That that weird when he called me and told me. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Good morning. This is Fritz from Phoenix calling. Hello, Fritz. Vance, you sure shook everybody up in the UFO community because you guys ended up in Golf Place. Of course, as you know, Golf Place is the number one hotspot in UFO sightings in North yeah. America. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, Wait a minute. Was there any connection at all, Vance? We knew about it, uh, but it wasn't the purpose. We just went there to visit a couple women that we right. wanted to come with us. All right. Well, there you are, uh, Fritz. No Has your bro UFO had any one of you had any UFO sightings? Uh, I had one, believe it or not, in Art Bell's hometown. Uh, I was there about uh, two weeks ago. You were you were in Pahrump? I was in I was in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, all right. Las Vegas. Uh, I saw an interesting. I don't know. UFO is a very catchy word. I saw and it wasn't a plane, and it was a weird light and a single light that moved. Probably, I would guess about close to eight thousand miles an hour because we're taught how to track planes, and uh, that thing moved faster than everything I've ever seen. So. And it was inside the atmosphere, not outside the atmosphere. Yeah, keep looking up there. All right, thanks, Fritz. Boy, that's uh, uh, we are the center of that, uh, Vance. There's no question about it. You can go out, and this is the truth, on almost any clear night. I actually live about 65 miles west of Las Vegas, a little tiny town called Pahrump. And uh, we are immediately adjacent uh, to an area known as v uh, Dreamland. It is just uh, over the hill here. Area 51? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, on any night, when it's clear, if you spend some time outside, you're going to see some things that uh, will make you sound like a weird person uh, when you try to explain them. Yeah. Uh, they're not always close up. Uh, it's not always a very close encounter. But there will always be some things in our sky you cannot explain. So that's all there is to it. And there it's is... happened for centuries. Well, I don't know about centuries, but... It's been. It, it'll happen any night, uh, just about any night you care to go out and spend some time outside. It's yeah. weird enough for me. On the on the uh, wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Well, good evening, Art and Vance. Good evening. Uh, Art, this is your psychic caller from Youngstown, Ohio. Yes, hi. Uh, listening with great interest, uh, uh, did the news reach you yet that six and a half hours ago, there was an earthquake in Bolivia. Yes, sir, it has Bolivia, reached yeah. Yes. Did you hear that it was 400 miles underground? No, I didn't. I heard it was 7.5 on the Richter scale. Yes, and it was 400 miles underground. I wonder if that might relate to the June 9th uh, thing that people have been talking to. Oh, brother. Uh, uh, who knows? It might be the beginning of something. I'm scared. It could be. This... I, I do want to ask, have you two, before I mentioned it uh, this evening, sir, have you heard about this June 9th date? Have, have I? Yeah. Um, no, Art. I, I wondered. Um, uh, I'm not a big Pat Robertson fan. I, I did get the uh, readout from the computer board of your uh, Pope, uh, Paul the 23rd, 
or Pope John XXIII's predictions. Predictions on the computer, yes. And he said uh, June something or other, 1995, I and I just wonder maybe somebody was trying to cash in on that. But six and a half hours ago, since uh, South America is east of Eastern Standard Time, it could already have been June 9th. And um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of anything that big, and the fact that it's 400 miles underground is... No, it is It is not June 9th there. No, it's it's actually... Uh, well, it's... Uh, isn't it the ninth after midnight? Um, no. Well, uh, actually, yes. <laughs> it yes. is now the ninth. That's and right. It happened yes. before that. that and, is, it is and the ninth. South America is east of Eastern Standard Time. It, six and a half hours ago, I don't know, might have been. Well, if they were east of Eastern Standard, well, it could I, be. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. It could hey, be, can actually. I ask one question? Yeah, Vince? very quickly. Vince, um, in your going public with this information, is there any way that you might be putting yourself in danger all right thank you uh good question is there uh i haven't been called i haven't been approached i know a lot of people out there aren't as you do have been told to shut up or do this or do that um i feel i'm pretty intelligent and i don't talk about what i did in the military uh i'm basically out here to educate and uh, basically not to create a panic but to let people know and realize that things are going on and maybe we have some control uh no, I, I don't feel I'm in danger. In fact, I feel I feel I'm a little safer in coming out and speaking with people. You probably are. Uh, there's been no contact by the military since your discharge, or no. anybody, any uh, any official in Washington. No. Before, after, at the end of the interrogation, I was told if we got any more information to contact them, and that was it. So. Wait, wait a minute. If you, as in predictions? Yeah, we were told that before we released. Wow. I'd sure love to see the uh, the classified papers on Well, you. I'll send you some. How's that? Um, wh- where have you, where'd you get them? Well, a man by the name of Phil Reynolds, who works with uh, Bryant. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Phil Bryant, or Phil Reynolds. But they ENSCOM, which is the security command of the military, has released 700-plus pages. Um, right now we're trying to get the FBI to release theirs. Is that mostly the uh, the investigative end of it? In other words, the transcripts yes. and uh, so forth. The fifteen hundred pages they got uh, were not in it, which surprised Phil and, and these guys working in Washington D.C. And it surprised. And there was no ending report art. Usually, when you end an investigation, there's a final report. Some sort of yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, there wasn't one. It just ended like boom. It's very interesting. Very weird story, Vance. Yeah. Very weird story. On the, I agree. On and the, I, we're still trying to find the answers, Art. On the wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Hello there? No, I guess you're not. That was a click. All right. Wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Hi, Art. This is Carrie from Sacramento. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Um, I was just wondering if there is any chance it's the polar shift that's going to happen tonight. Oh, please. Wasn't that a frightening story? Well, you know, I have I found some facts out from University of Mexico. I have a bunch of professors up there. Do you know the Earth about every ten thousand years the magnetic pole switches? Yes. Okay. Yes, Most people don't know that. Yes, every ten thousand years it switches. Well, people that listen to Art Bell do know it. <laughs> Good, great. Hey, that's great. It's interesting. Uh, they were telling me we're about a thousand years overdue. Well, yeah, according to R W, that's probably true. But what I wanted to ask you, Vance, is have you ever read the book um, Messages from Michael? Yes, I have. It's about a group of people that also channeled through a Ouija board. Board, yes. 
and art. You have a sister that's a channeler, don't you? I'm, I do, yes. I know you sound <laughs> embarrassed when I say that, but it sounds to me that that's what um, Vance and his group are doing. They were actually channeling. Channeling. Well, I guess uh, Ouija is a kind of channeling, sure. Well, it's a device. We were taught it's like using it. You're ringing a telephone out in the desert. Anybody can pick it up. But if you're focused on what you want and how you want it and who you want to talk to, you can get good entities. You can ring a specific telephone. Right. You can mm -hmm. ring a specific telephone. It does not. The board doesn't do a thing. It's and, the person. And also, because I believe that you asked for Jesus Christ's protection, you got that. So therefore, all that you came, all that came through were good entities. You know, uh, we felt it. Uh, maybe in fact, so. most people complain, Art, that when they do this, yes. they get very, very tired. We were ready to go out for more. We were very energized. You had some good entities coming. Yeah, we weren't tired at all. Mm -hmm. All right, ma'am, thank you. Um, yeah, it's just that I think a lot of people who are Christians would say, uh, you being a Christian, mm -hmm. uh, why would you dabble with this in the first place? What were you doing? I mean, you should have uh, known better. Yeah. All the rest an, of that an interest uh, to find out how you know how fake it is or whatever, but also to the point, Art, that uh, I believe um, both sides can probably use these devices. And if we were supposed to listen and wake up, what's saying that God wouldn't use that to make us wake up? Well, I'll give you something to think about, Vance. Okay, please do. Suppose the government has been working in areas like this, like ELF. Um. Well, like experiments with the same kind of thing that you were doing. Okay. All right? Everybody okay. has interest in predictions and knowing the future, right? Right. Well, I know the government does dabble in it, so, yes. All right. Uh, listen on the air. We're coming to a break time. Stay right there, Vance. Suppose the government already knew from other sources that these things were predicted to occur. And suppose all, all you did, Vance, and your friends, was confirm what they had already heard. They'd let you go, wouldn't they? You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. Welcome back to the best talk radio in the nighttime. Following the path wherever the path may go. I'm Art Bell. Back to Vance Davis in just a second. All right, now back uh, to Vance. Vance, are you still there? I'm still with you, Art. All right, good. We'll uh, go to the top of the hour here if you can make it. Okay. All right. Uh, on your comment, Art. Yes. Uh, let's look at it logically. Um, most people know the government uh, probably uses this stuff. 
uh, anybody intelligent knows, because some of it may be true, some of it may not be well, true. Well, they haven't experimented with advance. They're, uh, they're uh, derelict. Exactly. And uh, Russia does it openly. We just don't do it openly because, quote, the normal public, doesn't necessarily believe in a lot of this. I wonder with the high profile of your case if when they heard this they had, uh, as I said, some other independent source and uh, their view was for something that came to you you felt this strongly about that they also know about, why would they put you in jail? That would be my view. If I were President Bush and I had intelligence that other sources had been giving this my inclination might not be to you know, lock you up and throw away the key. Here's a couple of faxes. Dear Art, in order for these military people to have been let off easily at the direction of Bush or Dole, they may have been given some rather sensitive information by the entity via the Ouija board, perhaps potentially embarrassing information about the administration at the time. Please ask your guest if my guess is correct. Is it? Well, uh... The uh, Gulf War was part of the predictions, and exactly how long it would last and uh, how Saddam Hussein would not be hurt or anything else during the skirmish. So uh, there could have been things in there that were they would consider highly sensitive about many things that we had that we didn't really consider sensitive, but they would. So not a bad guess, huh? Not a bad guess, no. All right, here's another one from KFYI Land, Phoenix. Uh, heard you talking about events to occur on June 9th. You might poll your audience, especially those from California, about some, quote, angelic beings, end quote, appearing to people in their vehicles, warning them that the last trumpet has sounded. This is your final warning. There'll be a great earthquake, which will occur here between the 9th and the 16th. Then the entity would disappear. Apparently, this has occurred several times within the last couple of days to a number of people. Thought it might make for an interesting talk subject. I did get a call on that, Art. You, I beg your pardon? I did get a call on that. A man called me and said, you know, Gabriel came and saw me. He calls himself Gabriel. And it was reported in the paper, too, three times now out in California. Something's going on. Something's going on. And I'm getting ready to talk in, in uh, Olympia, Washington, and they're saying the mountain's getting ready to blow up there near Seattle. So why are you going up there? Well, I, I'm going to do a talk, but it just kind of be weird. I, I'm not going to get hurt there, but uh, to see it would be interesting. <laughs> you think, uh, uh, and timing. Do you think it's that close? I think it's very close. Uh, like I said earlier, they're starting to close down the park roads up there. Where did you get that information? That's from a uh, newspaper or TV station there that uh, did a show on me in October 1993 that uh, I said that this was going to happen in 94, and the geologist said probably will. He was hedging on it, but hmm. he was saying it probably would, and now things are happening uh, very fast there, in fact. Um, yeah, these things could all occur. Uh, I leave everything possibly to happen, if you know what I mean. Uh, but... It's quite interesting uh, how these predictions that we were given way back in 1990 are still occurring. It's even shocking to me, as it would be to you, Art, if you had them. Six people. I find it, uh, I was in the Air Force, Vance, and I find it very strange that six people in the military over something like this would all decide to do something as drastic as uh, going AWOL when you knew full well you'd end up in the pokey. All the rest of it, I mean, very strange. Yeah, um, I look at it this way. We felt strong enough, I guess in the heart or whatever you want to call it, that this was important stuff uh, 
that the public should know about it or that we should make an impact to let people know things are getting ready to happen. Um, I've heard in four years, Art, this story hasn't died. In fact, it's gotten bigger. Um, and we have to deal with it now. Um, and we do that in different ways. And things keep happening, as I said. You know, we were told this, told this. And I, I put, you know, dates on it as close as I can get. I don't put exact dates on it because nobody can do that. But some people try. Hmm. Um, but things are still occurring. And every time it happens, I sit here and just kind of shake a little bit, you know. I know. Like, what about the other stuff that we didn't put out? That we were told. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, that's a good tease. On the wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Uh, Art, you're peddling in death. Well, I'm not trying to. Call the wild card lines, area 702-727-1295. Not that I know of it, wasn't. Well, if you... Yeah, if... All right, well, anyway, it's not has nothing to do with this subject, so... Um, Please stay on the subject. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Radio Free America. Hello. Art, your program is, is great. I'll tell you what, you, you come out with some of the most unbelievable guests. <laughs> uh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a weird, weird story. It is. And, and did you remember Do you remember when it happened? Yeah, I do. I, I do, too. I, I can't, you know, this, it just uh, it doesn't make any sense why they let you guys go. It really doesn't. Not even in our minds. My question is, did you uh, get any information from what you guys were doing uh, involving a uh, financial collapse or a war uh, like, some, you know, Art and I think, that we're headed for war in Korea? Well, i tell you what. I know how the Koreans think because I used to. I, I was actually over there, and uh, in one tent we had two rocks. That's re I don't know if you know what that is, Art. Republic of Korea. Yeah, I do. Oh, sure I do. Yeah. They, they get killed all the time over there. I saw a guy with his throat slit. Um, Korea, North Korea, uh, they look at us as pansies. They always have. And Clinton's playing right into their hands. And that's not a smart thing to do. Well, um, he's, he's they, certainly... They, they, they are raised on force. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? Yeah, thank you, Claude. He certainly has underlined uh, the word pansy, I'm afraid for us. Um, listen, you mentioned predictions not made public, so let's hear a couple of them. <laughs> you want to hear a couple? Yeah, okay. sure. Well, um, we were we were told a lot of things about the Pope, uh, that he'll turn, uh, the next Pope will turn the church somewhat upside down, um, which will set up the final Pope, but we were told that the um, one wild thing that we don't put out, the Antichrist is already in power in Europe. Really? Uh, in some form of power. We don't know what. The Antichrist is already in power in Europe. Yeah, in Europe. Uh, he doesn't even know he's the Antichrist yet, So, which is interesting. Um, and these are things we put out. We don't put out because it's, it's, they're non-confirmable. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They're hard to find any facts on. Right. The most interesting thing, I think, about the United States was uh, that... Uh, we'll be the least touched by the chaos, and we were told that Native Americans were the cause of it. We will be the least touched by the chaos, yep. and Native Americans would be the cause of it? Yeah, something they have in their possession that will protect the Turtle Island. Wow. So, kind of interesting. Uh, he also, uh, in, in uh, well, this year he was talking about financial collapse, too. We were told that the stock market would crash in 1994 unless somebody stepped in. Well, I just uh, heard someone was watching CNN, the, the news, yes, and the, their uh, financial report section. They, you know why they raised 
the uh, interest rate art? To prevent inflation. No. To protect the elderly investors in mutual funds. To get them out. Well, it would have that effect, too. Yes, and he was talking about it on the air, and I said, you what? Someone stepped in. And plus, the stock market can't really crash because if it drops too many points, they shut it down. Well, I don't know. I'll tell you, Vance, that's a theory. They've got the circuit, theory. They've yeah. got the circuit breakers, but in the long haul, trust me, if the market wanted to crash, circuit breakers or no, it and damn well would crash. And now what is it? I heard Japan is threatening to pull money out? The only thing the circuit breakers do, uh, Vance, to finish uh -huh. off on that subject, okay. is to cause people to take a moment out to think about what they're doing. Oh, okay. Do you really want to crash this market? Well, you're going to have to wait 24 hours to think it over, and then 24 hours and so forth and so on. But in the end, the market would still crash if it had a mind to. So it still has a possibility. I don't mess in the market. so <laughs> I don't either. I tried predicting for a while, and my predictions were so foul that I, I promised never to do it again, and I've held that promise. On the wild card line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Mr. Uh, Mr. South Dakota. I'll be real pleased talk with Vince Davis. All right, well, you I'm are. right here. Um, one of the real interesting things I heard you say that you're a born-again Christian. Well, I've always been a Christian. Uh, I was a, made, I, I was baptized when I was 16 years old in the Church of Christ. So well, I never stopped being a Christian. I just kind of uh, put it on hold during military service, in a way, if you might say that. Well, you're talking to a born-again Christian, one that believes in God, and God has done wonderful things for, and uh, you might know something else interesting. I believe God is wanting me to uh, do what uh, John the Baptist did back there in warning people that Christ is about to return. And this all rings a bell with what you're saying. And did I also hear you say that you haven't used the Ouija board anymore since? Not since. It's not needed. Uh, I look at it this way, and I'll put it in the sense that, uh, you know, in the way I believe it, and I, I have to talk to people the way they believe, but uh, I believe the spirit within me gives me everything I need to know of what's going to occur in the future or whatever. That, that I'm protected. Um, I, things I went through, uh, this was a good experience. It wasn't a bad experience. I met my wife and have two beautiful children, and I believe I'm helping people, if not in the way of at least thinking on their own, you know, instead of being told what to think. All right. Thanks, Leonard. And uh, we don't have a lot of time here. On our no first-time caller line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. Hi. Uh, uh, this is Debbie from Phoenix. Debbie from Phoenix. Debbie, you're really weak. You're going to have to speak up, get close to the telephone, and go ahead. All right. Uh, am I on? You're on. Oh. Uh, hi, Art. Hi. Hi, Bill, uh, Vance. How you doing? Uh, I am just fascinated by this. Uh, I find it really weird what the military did to you. I find it even odder that Bush would let you go uh, with, you know, honorable discharge. I mean, that's so weird. Uh, these predictions, uh, you still find it strange that things are going on. Is it, I have so many questions. Is there, is there going to be... Is there going to be some kind of chaos in this country? Because people do realize that their rights are being taken away one by one by one, little by little. Yes. All right. Well, Thank you, ma'am. Uh, chaos in this country. Actually, your statement was this country will be the least touched by what's coming. Correct. Uh, that's in earth changes and everything else. But that doesn't mean we escape it. Um, in fact, one of the predictions is starting in 94 or 95, 
that their major cities will be put under martial law. And from what I understand, uh, Chicago, uh, the mayor of Chicago, has already called for martial law to control the housing development there. Well, a kind of martial law. There also, uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., uh, called for something uh, very, very much the same. It has not been granted yet, but it is close in many cities, Vance. Yes, very close, and that that scares me more than anything. And I'm I don't want to hear, I don't want to be on the radio art to create panic. And I tend to try to stay away from those things, if you know what I mean, because um, you know that's a lot of negative energy flowing out there. Listen, and Vance, we don't necessarily listen, need that. Listen to me. I don't think you have to be even psychic to look at present events and trends and uh, and do a prediction based on them. You don't. Yeah, I'm not... uh, any intelligent man, all the predictions we have that we were given in 1990, any intelligent person that does research would find the same answers we did. These predictions have high possibilities of occurring, and a lot of them have. I mean, like you said about the show, um, uh, prophecies. Yes. You know, these things have occurred. Uh, sightings even said we're tracking world events, and it's not... It's not, it's, it's research, it's knowledge. All the knowledge and research is there, Art, if people go out and take advantage of it. All right, well, I think I'm going to put the ancient prophecy people in touch with you, Vance. Uh, feel free, I'll, is that I'll all right? gladly talk with them. All right, I'll do it. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, Art, this is Dan from Carney, Missouri. Hi, Dan. And I, caught the tail, I was catching the tail end of your show with Mr. Davis there and uh, was wondering what the big prediction for June 9th was and if Mr. Davis had any other predictions he could share with us. All right, before we answer that, um, what have you heard about June 9th? Anything or just what you heard here? Just what I've heard tonight. All right, uh, thank you. Um, Vance, you don't really know anything more about June 9th than I do, do you? Uh, no, but I tell you what, uh, with the two earthquakes in two days in a row, and it's moving up, um, I, we may be having some serious stuff, including Mount St. Helens and or Mount uh, Rainier and uh, Seattle, and maybe even another big one in California hitting here. Maybe even on the East Coast, which they have earthquakes there every once in a while, also. Every now and then, or Missouri, where history recorded the largest one, I am told. Correct. Yeah, that changed the direction of the Mississippi River, That's right. I believe. That's what they say. Yeah. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, hi, uh, Art and Vance. It's a great show. Thank you. And, uh, Vance, I wanted to ask, uh, I agree with you on some of the things about the various uh, things occurring that we can affect or change. One concern that I've had is on the uh, health care bill that, presently is underway, and particularly, uh, as I have looked at it, the mental health portion of that bill, uh -huh. and I was wondering uh, if you could uh, remark on that. Well, why would he? Well, I guess he could. If you want to, Vance, you're welcome to. I, I have some problems with that bill. I think they're moving too fast. That's my personal view. Uh, they're not answering all the questions that people need answered or taken care of, and I think they're just doing it for a token thing to say, hey, look, I did it. Any uh, predictions for the presidential race of 96? Uh, I tell you what, and I have a feeling, this is my personal opinion, not from the board, but, uh, well, there is something that was given to us off the board, but my personal prediction, I think they're going to talk Colin Powell into running. Okay, so you're basing this prediction on what? Well, I, I just feel that that's going to happen. On myself, okay. I feel. I mean, I know a lot of people that vote for him. He was a very respected man in the military. Well, that's for sure. Um, uh, as for what we were told, that 1996 would be our last president. We don't. We didn't put that out because we couldn't find any proof of that. But 
We were told 1996 would be our last president elected in the United States. That's one of the reasons why we went AWOL. <laughs> I see. Um, uh, that's a big one then, Vance. I wish you'd mentioned that earlier. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air with Vance Davis. Hello. 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 Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was expecting to hold for about 15 minutes. No, we don't do that here. Oh, that's, that's nice. Where are, where are you, sir? I'm in Seattle, Washington. Seattle. Oh, hi. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, um, this whole Ouija board stuff just scares me to death anyways. Well, it should. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, how did it come to you? I mean, how did, how did you find these things out? Did it spell it out as you... Well, as we said earlier in the show, and you might have missed that, is, is basically we had perfect spelling, and we were told they'd contact us because we wouldn't listen any other way. And after the event, uh, after we left, basically, we didn't touch another one. So, And people have asked me to do it again. I will not I will not touch a board. I, 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 I don't need it. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, also, um, as if predictions like Nostradamus, I know that some of them have come true and some of them haven't. Um, Correct. Have predictions, um, have the times for predictions come and gone where they haven't come true? Well, I, my, ours, ours are still occurring. Uh, I know I did Laura Lee's show, but ours are still occurring. It's just a matter of the L.A. earthquake was like two weeks after 94. Uh, Mount Rainier is not going to happen in the spring, but it's getting ready to blow. Um, the thing is, when you try to, and I, I'm glad you brought this up, I would like everybody to try to sit down four years uh, right now and try to figure out what's going to happen four years from now. It's, it's very, very difficult to do and put an exact date on it. I'll uh, say. You know, you can't do it. You can't, I can't even do it. No, All right, no. caller, we're short on time and we're going to have to go. Any oh. final points? No, here? no, those are, those are the questions I had. I, we, I guess we missed the first half of it or the first hour of the show. Well, so. you'll get it at 4 a.m. Pacific. You bet. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Um, okay. Well, Vance... I, I don't know what to say. Uh, is this the is this going to be the continuing story? You're not going to get back into this. You're not going to do anything else in the way of predicting or playing with a Ouija board. That's it, huh? I'm not going to play with Ouija board. As for predictions, I I could try. I mean, I can try my hand at them, but uh, I do do uh, you know kind of like I do talk to people. I tend to deal with what I call reality based logic, uh, basically. Uh, on things, and uh, people ask me, well, what should I do? And I tell them, well, do what you feel you need to do, but let's look at facts. Seems you know, to me, Vance, look at these things. seems to me the six of you have proven one thing, and what that is, is that? Uh, probably that you have, that there really are guardian angels. Probably true, yes. <laughs> I do believe in guardian angels, yes. Uh, I can imagine that you do, and uh, forevermore, you'll probably be puzzled about why they cut you loose. It, it is a bizarre story, uh, Vance, that you've told, and I really appreciate it. Stay in touch. I sure will. If, if there's any more big predictions, we all want to know about them. Okay, we'll uh, do. Uh, I appreciate being on your show. And, and Assuming, Vance, that we make it to June 10th. We will. Thank you, my friend. Take okay. care. This is Coast to Coast AM from the high desert and the great American Southwest. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994.
out somewhere in time on premier radio networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. It is, and I'm Arth Bell. Hi. Uh, you know, I think I'll admit to you that I'm a little unnerved. I just listened to the Associated Press report about the earthquake in Bolivia, and I'm kind of unnerved. They're reporting this earthquake now uh, to be indeed very deep in the ground. They didn't say 400 miles, but that's a figure I've heard. They said that it was felt up through the central United States all the way into Canada. All the way into Canada. The earthquake occurred in Bolivia and now is said to be measured between 7.5 and 8.1. Now that's unnerving. Now see, maybe that happens when you sit here and you listen to somebody predicting earthquakes on a night when there are earthquakes. When they, uh, the Associated Press, listen to me now, they were talking about uh, deep tectonic movement, uh, predictions of new uh, fault lines under San Francisco. They were talking about all kinds of stuff, and it's, it's getting me a little unnerved, to be honest with you, a little unnerved. And I don't, I don't normally unnerve that easily. I mean, I hear a lot of predictions. I've done a lot of talk radio for a lot of years. And um, these predictions have come and gone. I guess it, it comes from talking to a prophet for a couple of hours, hearing about it, and then the reality of it smashing you in the face. What uh, would the local time in Bolivia have been when this earthquake occurred? Wrap that into predictions of the 9th, or between the 9th and the 16th, <laughs> And um, I don't mind admitting I'm a little bit unnerved. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, uh, Art. This is Theodore, KBI. Hello, Theodore. How are you tonight? I'm fine. Okay. Well, fine. actually, Theodore, I'm a little unnerved. I, I know. I, I hear. I just was listening to that. The delay kind of confused me, Uh huh. like you said always. Yes. Um, plans have changed a little bit. I've decided not to run the bulletin board. Oh, it's a good thing. Because of things that have been said tonight. Really? Really. Um, what are you going to do? Move to uh, another location in the country? No, no, no. I'm, I'm staying here for right now, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting. You know, because I know that this false messiah is coming. And that's who the Antichrist is. I want you to know that. And uh, he's going to fool a lot of people. And I'm, I'm... Very, very nervous, not only for being on the show, but just because of what's going to happen. I just pray that everybody takes my advice and just gets ready to meet Jesus. But before that, get ready. He's coming. He's going to try to fool the Jews, mainly, but everybody else. Watch out for the mark of the beast. Just general things like that. All right, my friend. Thank you. I, I... You know, you listen to the religious people and the prophets who don't claim religion as their source. And you listen to this person and that person, and then you get mixed in, mix in a little bit of earthquake news about a very serious earthquake in Bolivia. And a sort of a deep sense that something's coming. I have that. I don't, I'm not a prophet. I can't put it into words for you. And I can't tell you that it's anything specific. But I've had it 
for some time now. I have a feeling that something is coming. Well, there's a big cop-out, huh, Art? I mean, anything then can be what it was. Yes, it's true. You know, but it doesn't change what I feel. I'm telling you, I feel it. Something is coming. And uh, that's easy one for everybody to scoff off, I know, and you just go right ahead, and I can't give you anything specific, so we'll just let it drop right there. But I've had that feeling for some time. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, uh, good morning, Art. Good morning, sir. Uh, this is Mike out of Reno. Yes, Mike, KKOH. Right. And uh, you sound a little different on the phone than you do on the radio, by the way, in case you hadn't been told that. Well, uh, I'm told that all the time. Uh, that's because a telephone gives you a very limited frequency response. When you're hearing me on the air, you're hearing the real thing. Absolutely. That's the difference. Well, the reason I called, I've been trying to get a hold of you for about uh, three weeks or so, and uh, I thought you would probably be interested. I lived through necrotizing fasciitis in October of 92. Oh, you're kidding. You uh, were... lost about, uh, oh, about 40 to 45 pounds of uh, fat and muscle and various things on my whole left side. What? How? Um, where to start? Uh, where? How did you get this? Was it a cut? Was it a... Uh... Uh, I had uh, an infected hair follicle in my groin area that got into my lymph system. I had uh, five different bugs in there, uh, some of which were aerobic and some of which were anaerobic. So they'd kill one set of bugs and the other set of bugs would start feeding on that, plus the muscle and what have you. Wow. Uh, did you get, uh, so um, did they have to, did you get the surgery? Uh, yeah, I had uh, 12 different surgical procedures. Uh, the last two were uh, skin grafts to uh, cover the wound. My the largest God. wound they'd had here uh, that outside of burn uh, victims. What did they tell you about it uh, when you were going through this? Did they give you the normal, um, it's very rare uh, absolutely. speech? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at that time, uh, uh, there weren't any uh, cases around that anybody knew of. Um, they, uh, uh, they had me in ICU for 22 days. Of course, I was completely out of it. Did they actually say uh, strep? Did they actually say streptococcus A? Uh, uh, they had uh, streptococcus, staphylococcus, and three others that I can't pronounce. Lots, I had uh, lots of caucuses. five different bugs in me, so I was a little bit, a uh, little bit strange in that respect. I'd never heard of five different ones like that. But it seems like this necrotizing fasciitis is a. Um, is more of a condition than a disease of itself. It's like if you fall down on your motorcycle or you fall down on skis, you still wind up with a broken leg, but you get there through different methods. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm exercising a healthy amount of skepticism about their assurances. In other words... Well, I'm beginning to wonder now, too. Um, you know, mine, uh, like I say, was in October of 92. Right. And uh, I didn't hear anything more uh, in the news or anything for about a year. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing little, little stories here and there. Well, now I'm seeing them from the East Coast, the West Coast of the United States, mm -hmm. um, all over, in fact, and certainly in Europe. And now it's all over the place. And still they're out there saying, oh, no, this is very rare. 
Very well, rare. Evidently, it's not as rare as it used to be. <laughs> Nothing to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. Just a little flesh-eating disease. Yeah, well, I, I thought you might be interested in uh, from a victim standpoint anyway. I am, and I'm glad you called. Thank, okay. th thank you. Um, there you go. You could tell that guy was telling you the straight stuff. <sighs> Do you remember uh, the stand? Did you see the stand? That's exactly the way I think it would occur. Now, again, I don't want to worry anybody, but I don't believe them. They're a bunch of liars. They're not going to tell us, if it, even if it was happening, even if there was a killer, flesh-eating, face-eating disease out there that was beginning to spread, they wouldn't tell us. They would do exactly what they're doing right now. They would try, trot little guys in white suits out um, to say, well, from a public health point of view, we see absolutely no reason to worry. This is very rare. We don't expect it to spread. We don't see any increasing numbers that cause us to worry. So the general public should be assured nothing is wrong. Yeah, right. Maybe. Should I be doubting like this? Our institutions, our public health officials, would they lie to us? Damn right they would. <laughs> On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, Dr. Democrat. Well, Dr. D. Good morning, Art. Hello. I'd like to uh, congratulate Dr. Clinton on receiving his doctorate of civil law. It's pretty uh, impressive. He's only the second president in history uh, to receive a doctorate at Oxford. It was so impressive, I forgot to mention it tonight. Yeah, that's uh, quite an achievement, you know. <laughs> but uh, also, I got a new name for uh, Utah Beach. Utah Beach, yes. We'll call it Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Right. You know, Clinton uh, built that cross out of pebbles down there. And uh, just goes to show you how religious he is and how holy he is. I thought that was very uh, thoughtful of him to uh, say prayer for the people who, you know, died on uh, Normandy. Well, but, you know what, Doc? Makes but, me sick. What's that? The whole thing makes me sick. Oh, yeah? Religious, is he? But anyhow, uh, you know, or let me explain to you why uh, the Republicans' position on health care is going to cause big government. Now, you know they're for individual mandates and not employer mandates. Well, the reality of the situation is that many individuals cannot afford health care premiums. So what's going to happen? They want to subsidize the individuals, the working poor, who cannot afford it. That's going to cause that deficit to go way up, whereas the Democrats' plan want a co-op mandate between employer and employee. Has it ever occurred to you that you might be slowly, perhaps somebody is slowly poisoning you, Doc, day by day? Uh, say that again. I'm having a hard time hearing Okay, you. let me try it again. Has it occurred to you that day by day somebody is poisoning you? Uh, no, not, I'm just uh, looking at the, uh, giving the you, reality. Giving you something that's causing you to have these perverted, strange views? No, I'm just looking at the reality of what plans the best. I mean, uh... Let's face it, uh, the taxpayers are having to pay for health care for people who don't have a private plan right now, and they're paying high cost of emergency rooms. So I think the Democrats plan to work it into the private sector, and people are going to have to uh, uh, raise their prices on consumer goods and services to pay for it. There's no question about that. But if they phase it in, it's going to be uh, uh, very achievable and successful. Hey, Doc. Yeah. I, I think employer mandates are dead. I think the president's health care uh, plan is deader than a doornail. Well, we 
we knew that last November. I said that last November that Clinton's not going to get everything he wants, but he's going to get a basic foundation. And at the very least, what will happen is they'll have a trigger mechanism for mandates, say, two or three years down the road, four years, if, uh, if the volunteer system doesn't work, and it won't work, uh, then the trigger mandate will, will kick in. But uh, let's face it, Republicans preach small government, but this is a prime example of hypocrisy, how their policies cause big government. And I think more and more of the American people are realizing that. And uh, I'd like to uh, congratulate Senator Ted Kennedy also. Oh, come on. Uh, you mean for the passage of uh, the vote on his uh, bill yesterday? Why, certainly. Uh, it's, it's considered to be so liberal that it doesn't stand any chance, along with Gibbons' bill and everybody else's bill who wants employer mandates and all the rest of it. They're dead, Doc. Well, Senator dead. Kennedy, what I'd like to say is Senator Kennedy was the first chairman of the first committee to pass health care reform, and that's quite an achievement. I knew he could do it. Well, it is not passed. It's only passed a committee vote. It's, it's not, it doesn't stand a ghost of a chance. Right, but the two committees you want to watch, there's only two important committees when you get right down to it. House Ways and Means. That's one of them, and the other one's the Senate Finance. Yep. Those are the people that got to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah, if they well, pass, what you want to watch for, if they pass uh, a health care reform bill out of those two committees, let's say by July 4th or shortly after that, when they come back from recess, uh, then you're going to have a health care reform this year. All right, thanks, Doc. I've got to go. I, I tell you, check your food, Doc. Feed it to the dog or something. Check first. I'm sure they're feeding you something. You are positive on this president when it seems impossible that anybody could be so. You are a caretaker of his public image. You are his booster. You've done everything but get out there in a, in a cheerleading outfit and go rah, rah, rah. Check your food, Doc. On the uh, first-time caller line, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Art. Hello. How you doing? I'm fine. Radio Free Tacoma. Tacoma, eh? All right. Hey, Art, when are we going to do another weather check? Remember you did one during the wintertime? Weather check? Oh, oh, I do. Uh, well, when, when we get conditions as extreme as those were, we'll do it. Now it would be boring as hell. Yeah, I suppose it would. Everywhere it's probably, what, 50 or 60? 50 or 60, nice. Well, so what's surprising about that? Yeah. Hey, Art, let me, let's talk about the NRA. All right. I received a letter a couple days ago, and... Uh, Wait a minute. Have you called before? You have. You're, no, not al you're not allowed to call again on this line. I've never called before. Oh, you've never called before? No. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, the NRA. Yeah, I received a, a letter a couple days ago, and uh, I got to reading it, and the content made me, as a member of the NRA, kind of look like an idiot. You know, they're... Uh, it's almost like uh, they're afraid to to say, uh, you know, to come out front with members and, and, and tell us exactly what's going on. They run about things, and, and uh, it's, di it's difficult to explain, but they don't treat you like a grown-up, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Exactly what did it say that made you feel like an idiot? Like I was friends with a guy named Jim Baker, and I've never even met him before. What? Yeah. Oh, you got a letter from the NRA saying you, you were friends with Jim Baker? Absolutely. Who's Jim Baker? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, the, then the, this, then sounds, the letter... uh, this sounds a little too strange. Why is that? Well, because why would the NRA write to you about being friends with anybody? Okay, I'll, I'll fax you the letter then, Art. I've got your fax. I'm just right. asking you a question. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, 
But anyway, the letter the letter goes on and continues to you know. to say some of the stances that the NRA. Uh, uh, the upcoming legislation that's coming as far as the, the Senate and the House. Yes. And, uh, you know, and that's all straightforward and stuff, and, and uh, that they want my contribution and things like that. But it was just the beginning of the letter just kind of struck me as it's just like a like an eye-catcher. And uh, I was really disappointed in that. I like everything else about the NRA. I'd like to see uh, LaPierre come on your program. But uh, I think until they start treating their membership with, with letters, you know, like these, you get these doomsday letters. That uh, when they start treating their membership like grown-ups, like I disagree with you. I get defending their Second Amendment rights. All right, I get. Look, I get letters from the NRA all the time. Well, read them. I do, and I have never seen anything of the sort that you're talking about. But I'll tell you what. You go ahead and fax me that. I shall. All right. Thank you a lot, Art. Right. Take care. Um, I'll take a look. I'll take a look. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had that kind of problem with the NRA. I have some other problems with the NRA with regard to, uh, well, I don't even want to talk about that. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Art. Yes. Uh, Eric from Kirkland, KVI land. Hi, Eric. Uh, actually, I've uh, got an idea of what I'm going to do for myself here. you got you got two characters, uh, Charlie and uh, Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from now on, I th- I'm going to be uh, both their worst uh, nightmare. I'll be the chronic conservative. The chronic conservative? That, All right. That's correct. Uh, actually, um, on a more serious note, uh, yesterday's uh, guest, Richard... Uh, Hoagland. Hoagland. Um, when he was talking about some of the uh, lunar structures, it actually amazed me, and it uh, pushed me to dig into my archives, and I have some photographs um, of the... There was a solar eclipse um, back when I was probably eight years old. I'm 23 now. Yes. And um, I've got I've got uh, some of the images that he was uh, suggesting might occur. I've got some of what appears to be vol- volcanic activity, but he said these were probably reflections of the glass. Oh yes, mm-hmm. into the glass, and it's very very interesting stuff. And I thought maybe I might blow it up, and if you'd be interested in getting some copies, I'd be happy to send them to you. I certainly would, Ollie. All right. I certainly would, and uh, I bet Richard Hoagland would like copies, too. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll uh, give them to you, and if you feel you want to forward them to him. Or, All right. Uh, I'll pass them on. Yeah. Um, on the uh, earlier topic uh, on what's coming for the future, I had a prediction, actually. I thought you might like to hear. Remember how he said that? Uh, All right. You've got to make it quick. We're almost out of time. Okay. Um, well, my prediction is by the year 1997... I believe, first of all, that 1996 will be our last president. Uh, by 1997, I'm predicting that there may be a civil war. I'm thinking that if uh, Colin Powell runs in 96, he'll win, and some idiot's going to take a shot at him in 97, creating a civil war. All right, sir, thank you. Well, God, that would be an awful thing to have happen. Elect your first black president. Some fool takes a shot at him. We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994.
You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. Whether it's flesh-eating bacteria that munch on your face, uh, or earthquakes 400 miles under the ground in Bolivia, registering up to 8.1 on the Richter scale, or Gabriel raising the horn to his lips, that's about the shape of this morning, along with some dire predictions and all the rest of it. Otherwise, it's just another day. <laughs> God, these are strange times, aren't they? Yes, it was his name, I called. Hello there on the um, toll-free line. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I was, uh, I don't, I'm a little bit inexperienced with this. I don't know a whole lot about talking on the radio or anything, but I run a ministry at my home here, and uh, I really don't understand the significance of uh, this June 7th, uh, 9th stuff. All right. Listen, uh, Ms. Minister, would you please turn your radio off? Turn my radio off? Turn your radio off. Okay, just a minute. Okay. She runs a ministry. Interesting. We'll wait. She'll be back eventually. Okay. I'm here. Got the job done? Yes, I did. All right. Where okay. Where are you? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona, in KFYI. Okay. All yeah. right. What kind of ministry do you have? Well, I basically run a literature ministry, and I do a lot of biblical research for people through the mail and whatnot. All right. I don't understand June 9th either. Okay. Um, I guess my, my concern is that people are going to be misunderstanding as far as what's going to happen. I, I've done a lot of biblical research into the uh, prophecies and, and whatnot, and... Um, I don't really believe that there's going to be any sort of rapture or any kind of thing like that. Well, if, if no man shall know the time, then how shall a woman? Well, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Nobody's going to know the time. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that there is a scripture that does say that the wise will have understanding, but that doesn't mean that we're going to know the day that this is going to happen. Well, um, look, first of all, uh, the people uh, who have called about this said it is not the rapture. That yeah. that is not what's going to occur. So. Yeah, uh, I, I there there may be um, you know things like uh, an earthquake, quakes, occurrence, and stuff. And the Bible does speak that these things are going to take place. Actually, there was just an earthquake. That's not speculation. It just happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, my my point is that where most of these people are getting their information, you have to understand the source. Sometimes hitchhikers. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. I, I just don't discount this stuff. I just report it. I've had a lot of letters for about a week now. I've been getting letters on this subject. Oh, sure. I've sure. been getting faxes. Everybody's talking about June 9th. That's today. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as biblical prophecy goes, the only thing that I can see as far as the significance of dating times and things that we are to know about would probably be, uh, if you follow the, the Hebrew scriptures, would be, uh, September 15th of 1994 or 1996. I, I tend personally to believe it would be 94, which is supposed to be the scheduled Day of Atonement. And if you follow along the schedules with the Jubilees and, and the time periods and histories of biblical prophecy, that is supposed to be the close of man's probation time. Probation now, period? The, if you follow along with Revelation and Daniel, the... Plagues, the falling plagues and the trumpets and things, those things are not supposed to happen until after 
the close of probation of mankind. Now, I, I, I can understand that these, these prophecies that these other people are talking about might be significant, you know, for things that are going to happen here on earth, but I really don't think that they have any biblical connection. All right. Thank you very much. Maybe it's just sort of this mass feeling that something's going to happen. And I don't know if it's June 9th, which is today, or somewhere before the 16th, which is a few days, or years, or forever. I, the only thing I've told you is, and you take it for what it's worth, I've had this feeling for some time now, that something's a-coming. Just feel it. It's not, it's not an easily explained feeling, nor is because it is not specific enough to put into words for you. I don't have those kind of predictions. I'm not a prophet. It's just sort of a vague, gnawing feeling. I don't know what it is. And I don't even know if it's right. And maybe I'm just being affected by all of my guests. I talk to a lot of prophets. I talk to a lot of people with predictions. Uh, people who do claim to have psychic power. I talk to a lot of those types, and maybe it's beginning to get to me. <laughs> on the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, yes, hi, Art. Hi. Uh, I want to talk about uh, all the predictions of the end of the world. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of them coming. There's a Bible teacher from Malamita, California. It says that the world will end sometime after September 6th of this year. Mm. And the Maoris uh, in Australia aren't having any more children because <clears throat> because they say that the world will end. Is that right? Yes. Uh -huh. Well, um, I don't think I'd be inclined to give up on it like that myself. Uh, well, you never know what's going to happen anyway. See? Well, you never know, but I mean, you're only around here in life one time, so what if you're wrong? Uh-huh. And uh, there's a group of Orthodox Jews who say the Messiah will be here any minute. I mean, you know, it's kind of amazing. Though, I know, and there are people saying that uh, the Antichrist is alive now. Uh -huh. I've heard it all. But, I mean, I've never heard it like this before. I mean, I, well, I never have either. It always used to be scruffy uh, people in the park who uh, used to yell Bible verses at I, you. I know, or go down. Uh, I saw them in New York carrying their signs. Remember those? Uh-huh. They're still there, actually. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what to make of all this. I don't stuff. either. So I'm just, I just answer each line as it comes along. Thank you. Thank you very much. God, what do you do about all this? What do you do about all of this? Why are we getting this uh, sudden swamping of people saying this? Well, maybe because they're jumping on the bandwagon. Or maybe because a lot of people are feeling this. I don't... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sort of in the middle of this. I don't, uh, I don't know one way or the other. I just punch lines and listen. Collectively, though, it is a little worrisome, isn't it? I guess the earthquake freaked me out a little bit. 8.1. Top end of 8.1. 400 miles under the earth in Bolivia. If you listen to some of what... And, and why did the Associated Press throw in this news about discoveries of new fault lines under San Francisco in the same story, mind you? On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Hi. How you doing? Uh, good morning. This is uh, Jim in New Orleans. Hi, Jim. How's New Orleans? Uh, just fine. Just fine. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, got a nice little case of uh, the muggies tonight. The yeah. muggies? Well, you, you get muggies a lot in New Orleans, don't you? Uh, yeah, um, that is true. <laughs> All right. Well, what else is going on? <clears throat> okay. Uh, 
I was uh, listening to uh, you talk about uh, Korea the other evening. Yes. And uh, I uh, really concerned about uh, uh, Mr. Clinton and uh, you know how you know things are really going to uh, play if indeed we actually have to go to uh, war over this whole deal. And uh, I think. There is a comment that uh, I've, I've heard Russ say that uh, I think uh, the president would be, well, it would behoove him to uh, remember this when he thinks about the military. And Russ makes this comment about the military, and it's so true. The military is around, <clears throat> you know, to, you know, war is where, you know, people, you, you kill people and break things. Yes. And, uh, you know, and no nobody... It makes it a thing to be avoided, if you can at all. But who, uh, if who, it, who said who said that? Rush said uh, that. Rush says that 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 the military should be avoided. No, 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 no. Not the military should be avoided. He said the military is to uh, you know kill people and break things. Yeah, I, I've heard him say that a lot of times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that's very true. Well, yes, it is. What's the point? Uh, well, well, the point is, I, I'm just really concerned about. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to get a lot of people killed like you do. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it, it worries me. i got to admit to tell you that right now. Well, you've got good reason to be worried. Thank you very much for the call, New Orleans. Yep. Good reason to get worried. Uh, it's my assessment the president will make a mistake either by under or overreacting with regard to Korea or Haiti or both. Wish I didn't feel that way. Be right back. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, uh, my name is Chris. I'm calling from Tacoma. Hello, Chris. Hi. Um, I'm talking... Uh... Chris, turn your radio off, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on here. i got to jump up. Why is this such a problem, ladies and gentlemen? There we go. All, All right. right. All right. Um, I, I've noticed something extremely unusual that ties into the, um, the magnetic weird stuff that's going on with, with the Earth right now. Um, what, what magnetic weird stuff? All right. As far as I, from what I've heard, the, the magnetic pole, the, the, the core of the Earth, which creates the magnetic field, is doing some weird flip-flop or something. Where did to, you, where did you hear this? Uh, I've read about it years ago, and, um, I've heard... I, I believe it was Laura Lee here locally in, in Tacoma. Uh, I, he, there are people uh, that have predicted polar shifts. I've talked to them myself. But I have not heard an actual scientific evidence of um, a magnetic anomalies uh, going on deep in the Earth. Well, okay. Um, when I was 11 years old, um, I got a ham radio license, and I, le- I had to um, take an FCC test. And I learned all about uh, radio propagation and, and whatnot. Yes. And um, I I found, listening to shortwave and also to ham radio, that um, the propagation at certain times of the night, certain times of the day, and it, it varied over um, an 11-year cycle. Uh, that is would, correct. Would cause the radio to, to fade out and to, to become garbled periodically. Yes, that's correct. Now, the, the thing that really 
But that has nothing to do with the inner Earth. That has to do with the ionosphere. And you may recall from your study, there are several level, levels of that. The E layer, the F2 layer, and so yeah. forth. So uh, that's how radio propagates, not by anything that has to do with, uh, with, with magnetic influences, with the exception of mag what are called magnetic storms, which come from solar flares. Right. That, I understand that. Uh, the thing that I have noticed is that... Um, the regular AM radio, um, the, the um, I guess the HF band, the high frequency band, yes, 550 to 1600 kilohertz, has been shifting weirdly. I mean, I, I can I can be down here in Tacoma, listening to KBI up in Seattle, 30 miles away, right, and it fades out bizarrely, almost like shortwave. Yeah, wood. yeah, that's that's and, normal though. Well, I. No, it's normal. No, it's normal. You get phase shifting uh, and that sort of thing as um, as as the bounce. Now, now I do admit that in the medium wave bands, which is what we're listening to, yeah, right, MF, yeah, um, there have been some very unusual times, and we're going through unusual times. Much of the shortwave band uh, above sometimes seven megahertz during the daytime has been deader than a doornail. Or unusually alive. Uh, listen on the air. And that's because if you uh, listen, for example, to WWV on shortwave, and you can receive them on 2.5, 5, 10, 15, 25 megahertz, at 18 minutes past the hour, uh, they will give a propagation report. They will tell you what the, quote, solar count, unquote, is. And they will give you a number, and then they will tell you um, they will tell you um, how active the sun has or has not been, whether there have been any magnetic storms, or what the general condition is, whether there have been any sun flares, and um, you can uh, determine what the conditions are going to be based on that. We are at the low point of an 11-year cycle right now. The low point. The numbers are very low. The disturbance generally very high. Solar disturbance right now, very high. Um, so uh, so there you've got it. Uh, that's kind of a thumbnail sketch of uh, the present condition. We're at the low point of an 11-year cycle right now. And so you get some pretty weird conditions, uh, even in the broadcast band, from day to day to day. It affects broadcast, make no mistake about it, at a lesser degree than higher frequencies, uh, but when really severe, uh, can indeed affect broadcast. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hello, Art. Oh, hello. Reno, Nevada. Ah, uh, Pahrump, Nevada. Glad uh, to meet you. KOH. My house. About a... Um, assembly bill here from uh, California. Mm -hmm. It is uh, number 3103. Oh. And it was uh, submitted by assembly member Ferguson. It is called Religious Meeting Disturbances. Existing laws provide that every person who willfully disrupts, disquiets any assemblage of people met for Religious worship, as specified, is guilty of a misdemeanor, be punishable by the law. <clears throat> now, they had to uh, do this. Uh, it's passed through the assembly last week. It's going to the Senate. 
Pete Wilson says he will sign it. Good. So he's waiting for it. Good. Well, if they can pass a law that will stop people from uh, blocking abortion clinics, then there ought to be another one that would protect those religious people when they want to be off on their own exercising their right to, no, this to worship. No, this is for people who um, go to church, and that they had to do this down in no, California because I of homosexuals uh, storming the churches. I understand. You know. So that's fine. Uh, let them pass it. They ought to pass it. And uh, it's something that uh, the uh, uh, Independent American um, Party is going to look through here. But I think we are, uh, in some cases, ought to take it a step further of any type of public meetings of religious basis. Here the Nevada Citizens Alliance, uh, back in the second week of May, the uh, homosexuals came in and disrupted repeatedly the uh, Nevada Citizens Alliance. Uh, all right, all right, thank you. I, I've, got the, I've got the idea. I've got the idea. Well, the law ought to be as strict with regard to that uh, as it is um, for those that would block abortion clinics. Wouldn't you think? Well, sure. I mean, it's argued people... People who block abortion clinics, why they they violate the rights of uh, people who can who would be going to get a legal abortion, violate their rights. Well, if you're worshiping and somebody disrupts you, you're violating their rights too, and you're uh, they're violating your rights, your rights to worship uh, peacefully. So, if we're going to start writing tough laws, I guess they can be written on both sides. That's something everybody ought to bear in mind. Wild card line, you're on the air. Uh, hello, Mr. Bell. I got predictions for the 21st of this month. You do? Yeah. Uh, a cow will jump over the moon and the sky will fall. Follow me, yellow brick road. I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. If you talk like that for um, even a more protracted period of time, uh, there will be changes that will occur in you that you won't like. And you'll start to look like you sound, sir. On the uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Wade calling from Littleton, Colorado. Where in Colorado? Littleton, Colorado, south of Denver, about five miles. All right, that would be KNUS Denver. KNUS. And I didn't get to listen to the whole show last night, so I wanted to ask you, could you tell me, what Richard Hoagland said was on the video as far as... Uh, no, sir, uh, I'm sorry, I really can't. Um, other than large crystalline uh, structures, thousands of feet high, he spent hours describing them. Um, I, well, I heard most of the show, but what I wanted to ask you was, he, he talked about the video, but he also talked about on the radio how to send away and get... Um, negatives that blow them up to so you can see the structures. Themselves. That's right. He he spent good half hour on telling you how to do I that. I saw part of that. I heard part of that. But what I'm asking you is, um, if you get the video or any of those pictures on there, so you can just look at them. Huh? Are any of the are any of the pictures on the video? I presume. Go presume. through the process of, being, of, of, of blowing up the negatives. Well, I, I don't think they're available yet. So he was telling people how to get the evidence right now themselves. The video is not yet available. But what I'm asking is, when the video comes out, sir, I don't, actually... I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I would presume some of those pictures certainly would be included when it comes out. 
Well, you have, you have a great show. Thanks a lot. All right. No, I, I don't know. Uh, there was literally, there was hour after hour after hour of um, critically important information with numbers and frame numbers and all the rest of it. And uh, so don't be calling asking me to go over all that because I can't possibly do it. I've got the information written down, but it would take half hour for me to do it, and we just can't do that. We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired June 8, 1994. On a very weird morning, I think this is a weird morning. An earthquake, a very serious one, not from an injury or damage point of view, but from its location point of view. 8.1 down deep in the earth, 400 miles, uh, they say, deep in the earth, below Bolivia. 8.1. Uh, shaking the mantle, the center of the earth. Oh, oh man. Um, Korea is now threatening war with Japan. They're saying if Japan joins in the sanctions, um, that it, too, is risking war. We've got more news on the flesh-eating bacteria, which they say is not to be worried about. Don't you all worry. From a public health point of view, why, there's no problem here at all. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm worried. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Well, what a hard time. Well, your heart got to get a hold of. Well, I'm glad you made it in. Where are you? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, KFYI. Yeah. You know, Fort Huachuca yes. here in Phoenix, they're yes. mobilizing. For what? For Haiti. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, that's another thing on this last newscast. Now, we're hearing stories. Let's see, I've heard drug dealing. I've heard uh, the president tick off about half a dozen reasons why we might be invading Haiti. Uh, on the last newscast, they were talking about the administration moving toward an invasion. I think it's coming. Well, this Fort Huachuca, they're, they're, they're specialists in um, satellite communication. Right. So... You know, and it's all coming together. It's just, you know, first going to Haiti to train the men, you know, just get a foothold. Well, I also heard another couple of things. One, they've interdicted some guns that were on the way to Haiti. And uh, they've arrested the people who are trying to get them there. And I don't understand that at all. 
not wanting to give the Haitians uh, arms to help themselves, so, but yet we can send our young men over to do it. Ditto in Bosnia. I don't know if you heard that story, but our president has said, why, for a long time I thought we had to arm the Bosnians. What a pile of absolute dog poop. Um, yeah, he doesn't want that at all. He's got his aides up there fighting this vote that they're about to have in Congress that would force the president to adopt a policy to arm the Bosnians. He's such a liar. Now, Art, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your socks off. Well, my socks are already off. No, I mean... All right, go ahead. This is the first time, and I'm going to release something. Are you sitting down? Yes. Okay. Now, this is to your listeners the first time. Remember the Pan Am flight was blown up by terrorists? Yes. Okay. Now, my family was involved in this, and I can prove it to you. Involved how? Okay. This is how they was involved. My brother-in-law worked for the CIA. They was paid $2 million to go over there and bring back the terrorists of the Pan Am flight. The Libyan government paid our government off $20 million. Now, the person you can talk to, do you want to know his name? No, I don't want you to give it on the air, no. Okay. We was paid off from these terrorists, from the Libyan, $20 million. And that, when I heard that from my brother-in-law, and my sister is involved, too, and she works at Fort Knox, Kentucky, I was total outraged on this. Total outraged. Well, do you believe it? Uh, yes. I can give you the... Yes, I believe my family. And absolutely. And I'm willing to give you their names. No, don't do that. But, I but, mean, you can do it privately if you want. Uh, but, all right, I'm, look, I'd be happy to talk to your brother-in-law. Have okay. have can him, I give you privately? Put uh, me up yes, there and bring yes. me back. Fax it to me. Fax it to me. No, I'm not going to fax nothing. You're not going to fax nothing? No. Why because not? Because that can be intercepted. Oh, baloney. Oh, he can. Well, then so can a conversation on a telephone. But Come see, on, I'm get willing, real. You know, fax. All right, thanks. I, I have enough of that. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. You're, you, you say a fax can be intercepted? You're calling a radio station on a national talk show going all over the United States with what you're saying? You say, take my call off the air, and you think that couldn't be heard if they wanted to hear it? That's ridiculous. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Uh, on the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. That's Charlie, liberal in California. Of totally ridiculous, it's yes. It's been a disgusting, despicable night all around, I have to say. Uh, first of all, for the, uh, you know, I really feel sorry for, for those Bible thumpers who continuously think that, uh, that uh, there's going to be some p apocalypse and God is coming back. It's kind of like a guy waiting for a bus that you know is never going to come. You know, and I don't know why they can't get it through their Well, thick... Charlie, I think that's one you're never likely to ride on. Well, I don't know why they can't get it through their thick skulls. The <laughs> earth, the... There has always been earthquakes. I know this is surprising. There is all... The earth is in constant motion. It's always been a very violent place. Human beings have always been violent people. There will always be wars, and there will always be natural disasters. It doesn't mean anything. And as long as they sit on their duffs, like waiting for some fairy to come back and make everything better. Only thing's going to happen is everything's going to get worse. 
They have the worst mentality of any people that I can think of. And, and if human beings go down the drain, it's gonna, they'll have something to do with it. Uh, let me say on this um, life after death uh, garbage, the only way... Did you see the program, by the way? I had a friend that saw it, and basically what, what, what one of the uh, doctors was saying is, is absolutely correct, and that is that uh, there has been no human being has died and come back. That is a fallacy. The, the, uh, the human brain can operate for at least five minutes. Um, wait a minute, after. Carly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They are called near-death experiences. Now, how do you? No, wait a minute. How do you decipher that sentence, Charlie? Oh, you're not dead. It's a, it's a, it's a whole fallacy. People who said I died and came back—that's not true. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie near-death experiences. Yeah, but that's not the point. What I'm saying is these yes, people who say they died and come back and had some experience—it's it, not the point. It's not the point. The only it can scientifically, I believe. Be done. I believe there will come a time when we be, will be able to bring people back from the dead. Man, this really bothers you, doesn't it? This whole religion thing bothers you, and I think you protest a little too much. Because I honestly believe that that uh, there will come a time. You know, if people want to live forever, it, it probably could be done. You know, the human brain cells uh, can prob are just like any other brain are just like any other cells. If you cut your arm off and you freeze it, those cells can be brought back. The same thing could probably be be done with human brain cells. Would you that's like to, how, would, that's how Charlie, hey Charlie, Charlie, would you like to live forever? No, the only ones that want to live for, forever again are the Christians. Amaze me and it amazes <laughs> me how these people are so afraid of death if uh if uh, they believe in religion, of God so much. That's well, since you don't, I would think, uh, since you don't, I would think you'd be particularly interested in uh, prolonging what you've got here. So you mean uh, you wouldn't go for it, huh? No. Well, I, well, I'm interested in the scientific part of it, and I do believe that eventually man will be able to bring people back from the dead, but it hasn't, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it's not going to happen through some religious phenomenon. Let me say lastly, lastly. on... on uh, on Korea, first of all, I think the administration is doing an excellent job in this particular in this particular area. They are. What first do you all, what, what do you really like about their policy, Charlie? Well, first of all, the Koreans are lying. Okay, they're they're uh, they're bluffing. First of all, they're not going to start a war with Japan. But what Clinton realizes is that you cannot let these uh, these guys uh, develop nuclear bombs unchecked. So what because do you even, do? What's he going to do, Charlie? Because. Well, I think you've got to just tighten the strings on them, and they're going to back down. But, but, what, but according to your policy, what you would do is let them develop as many nuclear weapons as they want. It's true the United States could destroy them, but in an all-out attack by North Korea, if they were to de de develop, say, 30, 40 nuclear weapons, they could destroy Japan, which means and our economy is tightly knitted. Well, wait a minute. Japan. You just said that the threat against Japan was empty. It, well, it is, but it is now because they only have a handful of nuclear weapons. All right, well, I've got to go, thank you. Uh, look, there's no way in my mind that you can justify having a war over something they're developing inside their own border. If they use it, it's a different story. But I am unwilling to have a war to go in and take it away from them. Who are we? The guardians of the world? That's a sovereign nation, albeit one we don't like, but it is a sovereign nation. There's a very careful line drawn. It's the DMZ. If they come across that, then we have a war. Until they come across that or use the gun they're developing, uh, in my mind, they have not broken the law.
perhaps violated a treaty, but that is not a cause for sending young men and women uh, from this country off to uh, perhaps die in a terrible war. One, Charles, that you have admitted you would not attend. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art, this is Sean from uh, San Diego again. Hello, Sean. Hey, I've been doing some thinking now. Um, these little Koreans have been talking a little bit too much. I'm the one that was in the Marine Corps. Yes, Sean. Um, I, I I would go now. They um they're talking too much about wanting to um you know like go to war with Japan. That's bull. You know, Japan's not doing nothing to them. They're just trying to protect. You know, like Korea, South Korea. Well, uh, look, they said they would go to war with us if we imposed sanctions. They're simply applying the same measure to Japan. They're saying to Japan, if you go along with the sanctions, then you're in trouble with us, too. Now, they're biting off an awfully big piece, it seems to me. Well, what's made me do the thinking is I'm sitting here working nights, and I got the American flag sitting right in front of me. And I'm looking at the red stripe, thinking of all the blood that has been lost to this country. And I wouldn't mind putting my blood on the line for this country. Uh, the president, I, I really wouldn't want to go to war with him as commander-in-chief, but mm -hmm. if need be, I would. I have a couple questions for you, though. Do you know? Okay, uh, Vance was talking about something about Colorado. What is the, the key thing with Colorado nowadays? Um, he's saying that well, he apparently felt that would be a safe place. Okay, um, what is, all right, another question is, what is a sovereign state, and what does that do for Colorado compared to the other states? Um, well, what is a sovereign state? Uh, a sovereign state, uh, as I mentioned it a little while ago, applies to North Korea. They are a sovereign state. Uh-huh. Sovereign and nation. Does that mean that they just don't pay taxes, or I'm not sure on that. I've heard. Well, it. with regard to Colorado, there is something called uh, the Tenth Amendment, which they have reaffirmed, uh -huh. which uh, says that uh, Colorado is not the slave of Washington D.C. And if they mandate that Colorado do something that Colorado doesn't do, the federal government basically can go to hell. Cool, cool. See, I'm thinking about moving out to Colorado. Um, and doing something like that. But what about the gun movement out there? Is it doing the same thing, like they're trying to ban the guns um, everywhere? That's going else? on nationwide, sir. Okay. All right. Well, when, you when have you... a great show, and you uh, have Thank you, time. and when you get to Colorado, listen for us I, on KNUS in Denver, 710. KNUS, Denver, in the sovereign state of Colorado. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. I wanted to talk. Excuse me. Um, well, I excuse you for what? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was interrupting you. Um, I wanted to talk. Um, I wanted to tell Charlie something from a saved Christian. I would like to tell him if um, he thinks that I have a bad attitude or that we hit Christians have a bad attitude because we're not money um, mongering, self whoring people who go out and try to have affairs with every person we meet and stay at home and be good, honest citizens, then I guess we do have a bad attitude. Well, um, that's telling him. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> he really has to know both sides because I was into the um, New Age lie for a long time and came out of it, and I know what's going on, you know? <laughs> 
I've been on both sides. I know, um, I know the act they put on to try to get you in, and I know what they do to try to keep you in. And it's very hard to get out, but once you do, I tell you, it's not, <laughs> it's not anything you can describe. And I. <laughs> well, look, I doubt you're ever going to have to ride on the bus with Charlie. Excuse me? That's not important. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Sounds like you were outside maybe at a phone booth or something. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Mr. Bell, this is Nathan. Well, hello, Nathan. From Santa Cruz. Yes. Um, you know, you brought up this idea of the global ID, not global ID, excuse me, national ID card earlier. Well, uh, PC Week, which is a very uh, popular computer magazine, says it's a coming. Yeah, I'm very concerned about this because, uh, well, maybe it's not a big deal, but th doesn't it seem like, well, gee, a national ID card, it's sort of like, what's next? It seems like sort of a regimentation. I mean, do I have to carry this blasted thing everywhere I go? Yes. I mean, that's ridiculous. Everywhere. I'm sorry. but One, but one card, one transaction, stop. Nathan, they've got your number. Does that mean I can be stopped on the street? Your papers, please? Only if they call your number. What does that mean, exactly? I don't know. What does it all mean? I don't really think there's one card coming. Not that soon, Nathan. Um, I know what PC Week has said. I don't think the American people will accept it. Well, just the idea, though, of, of, of every citizen having to carry a card on them, mm. uh, to me, is, is, is absolutely bizarre. This well, I mean, that, that's one way of looking at it, Nathan. The other is that it, it hurts me to sit on my wallet now because I've got so many cards. So one card would be all right from that point of view. Oh, I, I, I don't mind. I, I'm just talking about this idea that you have to have this, this ID card that, that you have to carry around. Well, I'm sure that actually, Nathan, it will be voluntary. But, oh, uh, oh, but, see. but see, how are you going to drive your car or um, uh, use any credit on a credit card or make a bank, bank transaction uh, or anything else that you would do in life without the card? Well, I, I, excuse me, I, I was thinking of maybe something I heard earlier about a mandatory national ID card. Well, and, no, you don't have to take it. You can go live in the woods in Idaho. But, but if you want to... Uh, use the post office, you have to have this thing? Well, there's another one, yeah. Well, that seems... Okay, well, that doesn't seem very voluntary to me. In fact, that seems... That seems to me... This seems to me to be weird. Oh, well, it, oh, uh, it, is, like it they, is weird. Oh, like I always say, that's how it seems to me. All right, Take Nathan, bye-bye. And add to that the earthquake, Korea threatening Japan with war, flesh-eating bacteria, and um, any number of other things that we could document. Pending invasion in Haiti, June the 9th, Gabriel's Horn. Put it all together, and what have you got? I'll be darned if I know. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm calling about uh, the, uh, the guy that just called about the national... ID card, yes. Mm -hmm. I know what that is. What is it? It's the health care card. No, I don't think so. I think this one goes beyond uh, the health care card. Maybe it even includes the health care card. In other words, it is one card for literally everything. Dealing with the federal government, one card. Have you heard about the, that they're talking about putting a, a chip inside that health care card? So that they can track you by satellite? 
Uh, where are you calling from? Denver. Denver. All right. Well, listen, I've got a break here at the bottom of the hour. I would be uh, happy to hold you over. Would you like to hold? Sure. All right. Be in a mood to hold somebody. There you are. And then, of course, they'll be injecting it directly into our ear. We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from June 8th, Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from June 8, 1994. Good morning. Well, this has been, this has been a lot of fun this morning. Here's a fax from uh, Jim at KIDO in Boise, Idaho. Art. Charlie is full of crap. My father, while having a heart attack in the hospital, had a near-death experience. The nurse even asked him if he felt light floating and as if uh, he saw lights. He said yes. So from me to Charlie, drop dead, pal. Or put another way, I suppose, have an N-D-E on us. Uh, back to Denver. Thank you for holding. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Um, what about the chip in the ear idea? Uh, I don't. I don't know... That it would, I hadn't heard about it being implanted in the ear. I'd heard about the... Well, I mean, it just goes in through the ear. You, you get the idea. Okay. Well, I, I mean... Uh, are a you, real are, long needle inserts it. Are, are you referring to the same thing that's supposed to be implanted on people's foreheads and on the back of their, their hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had, now I hadn't heard anything about putting it in the ear. Oh, yeah. They tie you down on a cot. They bring a needle out. Sucker's about 18 inches. Naturally, they don't put all that in. but And they just inject it with a needle. Now, they've already started doing this, or? Two thousands. Where? I, I can't talk about that. And what exactly is on this chip? Critical information about you. Track, so track, like tracking. Security number, address, that's birthday, right. tracking, stuff like that. And more. Tracking information. And 
would they be able to track people by satellite with this? Down to an inch. And you, you're telling me that this has already been implanted in, into some people? Thousands. In the United States? You're trying to pin me down again. Oh, well, let me ask you, where did you get this information? I made it up. You made it up? I made it up. I'm kidding you. <laughs> I'm taking what everybody keeps telling me and taking it to its logical conclusion, that's all. But you, you, you bought it, didn't you? Well. Yes, you did. I could tell. From the sound of your voice, incredulous but believing. Maybe a little. I gotta go. Here's a fax. The unofficial Art Bell 1994 prediction list. June 9th, California, these are all 94. June 9th, California will finally slide into the Pacific. June 16th, Art Bell's cat will turn into Marilyn Monroe and reside on his lap. Now, there's the best prediction made this morning so far. June 4th. Oh, I'm sorry, July 4th. The bug that ate my face will eat Roosevelt's face off Mount Rushmore. July 16th. Shoemaker Levy 9 will generate enough N-dimensional energy to open a dimensional portal east of Pahrump, Nevada, allowing many demons to cross into this plane of reality. They will arrive with analog cellular phones, AM radios, and listen to late-night talk shows. Which, in my opinion, makes them not all that bad. July 17th, Korea will nuke Seoul. August 1st, Bill Clinton will announce he is leaving Hillary for Pat Schroeder. <laughs> August 10th, the stock market drops to 2000. August 15th, the Center for Disease Control will distribute anti-paranoia drug to no avail. <laughs> September 1st, extraterrestrial invaders leave the far side of the moon for vacation in Canada. September 3rd, every third person will be revealed to be an alien similar to the sci-fi movie They Live. September 6th, a rift appears in the fabric of space heading for Earth. September 11th, the Antichrist speaks telepathically to every human being. He will take calls via phone and sells vacation home sites on Mars. He denies ever being in a hot tub with Bill Hillary and Pat Schroeder. <laughs> I hadn't read these. November 1st, the magnetic poles of Earth reverse. November 15th, the Earth and Moon dissolve into nothingness as they are absorbed by the rift that opened September 6th. Finally, note... I did not pull the Wizard of Oz stunt on the phone. Rick, KNUS, Denver. On the first time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Is this our bell? It is. Oh, well, you know what? Let me turn my radio. I've been trying forever to get a hold of you. Well, I'm glad you made it. Where are you uh, calling from? Phoenix, Arizona. KFYI. How would you like to hear two of the June 9th prophecies? Oh, sure. Okay, here's the first one. This is uh, June 9th. At uh, January 28th, 94, 1.20 p.m. Friday. I'm not sure. There's four or five of them that I know of. Who made these, by the way? Um, let me see. One one I don't have is by Kim Clement. He's a prophet from South Africa. All right. It is important to know your prophets. Okay. <laughs> and um, he, 
talking briefly about him, he says that the, the greatest, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, oh, I had that written down. The greatest uh, revival in 300 years is going to happen since, I guess, the Great Awakening. And it's going to be even greater than the revival 300 years ago. Wow. But anyway, the first prophecy, here we go. It says, Father, I've been asked to seek of you a direct response to the prophecies we heard yesterday on TBN from John Hinkle, Christ Church in L.A., and John Wibner, Vineyard Ministries. Lord, it was said that four confirmed that on June 9th of this year you would reveal your glory to this world. Lord, do you want to tell me about any of this? And here, here it goes. Yes, my beloved, I did say that to many. It will be a day such as has not been seen before. Many will turn to me for salvation and fear. Many will wish it to be at the time of my return, as they are ready and waiting. It will be my final attempt to prove to the lost and undone that I am the great I am. Yes, beloved, it will be a day of jubilee for Christians. They will see the glory of my promise. It will be awesome to all on earth. I alone can create this show of such magnitude that none can doubt. Yes, there will be devastation in places far and wide. It will exceed anything these generations have ever seen or expected. Many will be tragically affected. Many will praise to just be alive to witness. The calamity on earth will be sorrow to bear, but praises and cries to heaven will drown the griefs of man. I have waited long for mankind to give up their evil ways, yet they turn away. June 9th, they will again be reminded that I have not turned away from them, and I send an overwhelming notice of my power. Beloved, it is my world. I made it, and I can reclaim it. I have often told you I will not tolerate man's abuse much longer. That's one, and here's the other one. Well, uh, we're not going to have time for the other one. That one's bad enough. The other one talks about cataclysms, and boy, I tell you. Oof. Really? All... It talks about people getting healed all over the nation, the, the, the hospitals opening up. and it's... Really? Oh, yes. Uh, it wouldn't take that long. Where did you get this? Um, uh, my mother attends a church called the Eagle's Nest in Phoenix, and I guess there's six of them in California. And uh, Kim Clement was there, and we she she recorded that and typed that up, and then we heard the other one on TBN. I heard the one on TBN a couple months ago, and one of her friends heard that. And um, well, I'll tell you, it sure is going around like wildfire. I can't tell you how many calls I've had. I can't tell you how many faxes I've had. And I'm uh, all I say is this: Thank you for the call. I'm glad that it's short term. Lately, the predictions we've been getting have been really good, only from the point of view that inevitably they're predicting something today or tomorrow. They're not long-term. We don't have long to wait. This apparently is going to be quite a day, or is predicted to be quite a day. So you just heard it. I, I have no idea what to tell you about it, except we're getting a lot of it. I'm getting a lot of mail, a lot of faxes, and um, so now you, you know the source of some of it and the specific, specifics of some of it. I guess we shouldn't spend a lot of today sleeping, huh? Why sleep away your last few hours? On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Well, as usual, I have not pushed the right button. I am so sorry. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah, hi, Art. This is uh, Dan from the University District here in uh... KVI country. Welcome to the program. I had a question about the the moon thing. Um, 
uh, there's been uh, I've uh, heard some reports that there's uh, even more fantastic things on the far side of the moon, and I was wondering if you'd heard anything about that. And also, uh, well, I, I don't know how you could get more fantastic than skyscrapers on the side we can see, but uh, 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 but well, all right. Things like atmosphere, lakes, rivers, and uh, structures that are currently in use, not just artifacts. That doesn't sound lakes, air, atmosphere uh, yeah. on, the, on the moon? The I know, it's, the pretty, moon? it's pretty hard to believe. And I don't believe it. Uh, and um, um, now George Adamski was saying that there was bases on the moon in his books that he wrote way back in the 50s. Oh, I know. It's been said for a long time. But, I mean, uh, now we've, we've got somebody who says he's got hard evidence. So I think what he has to say bears some close examination. Did he mention anything at all about the far side? Uh, you did not hear the program? I, I heard part of it. Um, no, we really didn't get into the far side because the visible side was so incredible. Right. So, uh, no, not really. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, All right. as usual, a uh, good show and uh, All right. Th good work. Thank you very much for the call. All right, so what I recommend to you is get a tape of that program. That, uh, that program with Richard Hoagland yesterday was in totality so important that uh, and there was so much information in it that what i recommend to you is getting a copy of the program that may have been a historical program i think there's a good chance that it was and i think uh, richard hoagland has his neck out a million miles and i don't think he'd have it out there he's a bright guy if he didn't feel that he was on uh, very good ground on the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello, Mr. Bell. Hello. Yes, uh, my name is Dominic, and uh, I listen to you now make it a regular nightly affair before retiring, and it's uh, kind of hard to get a hold of you tonight, but um, it's my first time uh, that I called you. Where are you, Dominic? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in uh, Las Vegas, KDWN. KDWN, yes. Correct, and... Uh, I find your program very uh, interesting and uh, stimulating at times. Thank you. Um, I'd like to comment uh, about uh, the a uh, couple of things that you've uh, mentioned tonight: uh, government uh, misinformation about uh, diseases and whatnot. Uh, well, I'm not officially accusing the government of that. It's just that um, I think that if it came to it, they'd lie. Well, you're correct because I served uh, three tours in Vietnam and. Uh, I got uh, uh, publications uh, from uh, uh, back home here when I was overseas that uh, stated that we had uh, won certain victories when uh, there was no such locations, and it was all uh, misrepresentation to uh, mislead and uh, uh, the American public so that uh, the uh, protesters against the uh, Vietnam War would have less to stand on. I also wanted to uh, uh, say to you, uh, Mr. Bell, that um, I think the greatest enemy that this country has is uh, Mr. Clinton and his uh, cronies that are running around in Washington. Uh, being a veteran myself, uh, I would not follow Clinton into uh, battle, uh, let alone I, I'm very lyrious of the people wanting to serve in the United States government uh, under this man. How can he morally justify sending anybody into a combat zone when he never was on himself? Well, he can't, and uh, it's going to be a big, big problem. Uh, the answer is 
He can't. And there are going to be a lot of people like you. And I think, by the way, yeah. uh, that you're wrong. I'm wrong about what... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't think that you follow uh, any president into war. I think you make a determination about whether you go to war or not, you know, based on our national security or your sense of patriotism or a lot of different, whatever, for whatever reason you're going to muster. But I, I really don't think that... Uh, this president, one way or the other, has much to do about it well, with it. I, I meant that uh, solely as a theoretical uh, comment, uh, so far as uh, he would not lead me, per se, in, in war, but he sure as heck can get me there. Yeah. All right. Thank you very, very much for the call. KWN Las Vegas. By the way, for those of you who get the first two hours of the program now, uh, you've got a real treat coming. Uh, you've got a real treat coming because in the first two hours of the program, we interviewed uh, one of the men uh, who was one of the six uh, soldiers who were in Germany who went AWOL after playing with or investigating a Ouija board. It was a doggone story you've ever heard. They were given honorable discharges. And if you want to hear the whole interview laid out, it'll be in the next two hours if they are repeated at whatever station you're listening to. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Good, good morning, Mr. Bell. Hello. Turn your radio off, please. It, it is off. Where are you? I'm just calling from Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma. Uh, KBI. Yes, sir. I just wanted to give you just a, a real brief rundown of where the June the Ninth thing started. Where? It was uh, Pastor John Hinkle in... May 13th of 93, uh, about 2 o'clock in the morning, was awakened with a, with a vision from God. And in his vision, he was, uh, was uh, given the scripture, Isaiah 25, 6, in which it said that the uh, veil of evil would be ripped from the earth. And along with that, gave him a couple of little tidbits. And sometime after that, he was on uh, uh, TBN, where they announced this big thing, and it just kind of took off from there. Well, taken off it has, because I, I've had a lot of... I finally came on with it this morning. I've had so many letters, so many faxes, that it finally added up to uh, a story just because of its wide distribution, if nothing else. Well, a lot of people got involved in it after, you know, after the fact, and also leading up to it, like this Kim Clement. He's an evangelist from South Africa, and you heard a little bit about yes. what he had to say earlier. And, yes. Uh, he uh, also, in addition to that, he talked about the great death which would occur 20 months after Clinton took office. And if you do the math and everything from the day he was inaugurated, it works out to be mid-June. So there's uh, just a lot of these things coming together. And it's, I think come this time tomorrow morning, a lot of people are going to be having a little different attitude. All right, sir. Out there in the left coast. All right, thank you. Well, we'll have an opportunity to find out in short order, huh? I don't know. All I, the only thing I will say is that, yes, I feel something is coming. Don't know what it is. It's kind of that nagging feeling that you have uh, sort of in the back of your mind, that something that keeps, you know, working on you, that something is coming. And I think this may be enhanced in my case by listening to so many people who believe that it is coming. It's starting to go to work on me. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hello, Art. Calling from Honolulu, KHVH. You just made it in. Uh, yeah, um, we missed the last Dreamland. Um, 
But we heard, you know, Hoagland, so it kind of makes up for it. Yeah. But what happened to that lady? Uh, she said she knew a New Age defector from the movement, wrote a lot of books involved with the New Age movement, and experienced uh, bizarre activity, possibly demonic-type activity. Yes. What happened to him? Well, what happened to him? Yeah, she said he might. they report that he was murdered or something. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get it all either. Oh, uh, well, I kind of hoping maybe he might show up on your show and give another view, because uh, we had another show before about dangers of uh, Ouija boards. And oh, yes. I, I think it's a danger when, when people uh, open up themselves to unknown forces. You don't know what's out there. That's right. You know, you can uh, so kind of give uh, both sides of the story. And I think it's something that has to do with the first uh, commandment. Thou shalt not have strange gods for you, and that means opening yourselves to unknown forces, strange, fascinating things that could be, uh, you know, antithetical to a lot of the, a lot of the Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs. Huh? But, well, that's right. You can never tell what will walk in. Uh, right, exactly. That's right. If you open a door, then something with green fangs and uh, big teeth. Well, not necessarily that. That munches on Christians in one bite. Well, uh, have you heard of Malachi Martin? M Malachi Martin? Who's that? Yeah, he's been on uh, Larry King a few times, but uh, you could be so fortunate to have an uh, exorcist or something like that. Someone has personal experience with uh, things like that. He might, he might give a, you know, a testimony that uh, you know, there are things that are beyond our understanding and they're not necessarily good. But uh, There's no question about that. Listen, no? my friend, I must go. I'll be looking forward to the first two hours, though, about that uh, Ouija board uh, show. It'll be coming up next. And okay. that, that was a big national story. You'll find that uh, fascinating. Uh, so uh, enjoy that now in Hawaii, I guess. I want to thank you all. I hope I see you on June uh, 9th, last hour. We'll have one hour to worry through, and then it'll be June 10th. But even then, will we be clear? Because it might occur, whatever it is, uh, right up until the 16th. Either way, I know that this may seem out of place this morning, but I'll say it anyway. Everybody out there, have a nice day.